There we go. Now I think we're good. Okay. Yeah, now we're unmuted. Boom. I don't know why I'm still bouncing. Because and I, I, it does not include a paid promotion. Oh. There's well, no sponsors for this episode. Well, that's what it said on there, so I'm just reading what it said, so I'm like, no. oh, okay. They couldn't afford your episode. Ah! You're too big time. Yeah. I told them it was, I had to charge double for this episode, and they were like, oh, I'm out. Oh, gotcha. Well. No, it's just, uh, it's um, a scheduling thing. They, like, have X amount that they do per period of time okay. it's not every single podcast okay and they don't get to pick which guests they get to do sure um it's if i want to sound fancy i'm going to say it's uh <laughs> it's based on an algorithm oh sort of it sort of is though like i it's sort of like rhythmic like they get a certain amount per week when i do x amount of podcasts per week blah 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 sure um hard to explain Oh, I got you. Yeah, so there's no sponsors tonight. And I like it because then I don't have to record ad reads. <laughs> I, don't have to, I just had that logistical little thing because I did one last month without any sponsors too, and I was just like, fuck, I couldn't remember how I did it. But Adam, how are you, buddy? Mr. Jared, it is a pleasure. You son of a bitch. Yes! Yes! On record, one time. I wanted to get it on record. <laughs> a minute and 35 seconds in, you <laughs> son of a bitch. See, that's what I don't understand. Like, you're just like, I find it annoying. I'm like... I'm, so annoying but it's a, it's a way of showing respect especially we, this is the first time we've met first time true I, true in I'll, person, give you that. Be, I'll give you that because you did read a few of my posts when i was in the live chat and i'm just like you were like mr jared and then they're just like okay and then it's just like you gotta you gotta stop you, you got to stop and i'm like it's it's just a way of showing respect yeah but the, i think like for me like when someone is too respectful it it almost seems like disingenuous either that it almost seems disingenuous or it seems like you're almost afraid to be offensive and then if you're afraid to be offensive you're afraid to be yourself and then i'm not really getting to know the so i guess it still kind of tailors back to being disingenuous because it's like i don't know it's it's that's why I kept giving you shit in chat and like throughout podcasts and stuff. It's because like Especially, in the music industry, we're yeah. all peers. We're all we're all equals. So like, there is no sir, ma'am. There is no hierarchy. I don't want to hear that shit. Like, I had to worry about that at my old job. But this is the first time meeting. <laughs> I quit face my to job face. for a reason. We yeah, but this was the face to face because like that's fine. I, you got your one. Yes, you got. And your I'm one. I'm extremely happy and excited about that that I got and my I, one. And I responded in brand with. You son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> that is not any reference to your mother. That is just a common <laughs> colloquial phrase that we use here. I love the little dig you gave to me when you had John and Blake on the podcast last week. You're like, I swear to God, if you say Mr. John, you're both getting dick pics and you're ending this now. And then you look at the camera, I'm like, you son of a bitch. You directed that at me. I'm the only one. I'm the only one for the past months. That's. Oh, I got sodas over here. I'm really good, but thank you. No, I was the only one in the past months to actually say, Mr., just so I could show respect, because we've never had this conversation yet. That is so funny. Now that we had this conversation, now my brain's <laughs> and, like, and okay. I look, and yes! I turned and looked at the you camera. You looked at the camera, and I swear to I God. I probably like, winked, but the I'm cameras like, are too shitty. I'm you like, that tell. was for me. I know that was for me, and I literally showed that to my wife. I go, honey, can you can you tell me? Can you tell me is that for me? She goes, if I had a, I'm, not, I'm not a betting girl, but if, if I was betting money, that was for you. And I'm like, Okay. That's so okay. funny. We're going to have some fun. Shout out to everyone in chat jumping in already. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Uh, Dude, I literally I really I, do. I literally went to town 
when you're when I was just like, can I can I promote? You're just like, sure. I'm like, okay. I literally went to town, just went on Instagram, that's on awesome. the Facebook. I appreciate it, dude. I, I really do, man. I appreciate it. That's uh, that's how we build this thing. You know, we're building a little community. It's here, literally word and of that's mouth how it starts. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's. I've done the, you know, and granted, some people would argue probably correctly that the reason I haven't had any success with doing like the paid promotions. Yeah. So like for the Halloween one, the New Year's, and I paid the stupid like $20 through Facebook or Instagram yeah. or whatever. Um, and I didn't really notice any significant uh, get back from it. Sure. Many people would probably argue, and probably legitimately, that I didn't spend enough. You got to spend like a hundred bucks for it to actually kick in. Yeah. Um. Some people would argue, no, you got to go through Google AdSense. You can't do it directly through Facebook or Instagram. I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> All I know is that if I ask people or beg people to sub, like in my real life, they'll sub, but then a few days later they unsub. Sure. If you guys refer somebody like dude you got to check out this podcast those people typically stick around yeah i don't know why to answer your question darling uh jared's voice sounds wonderful and jesse dude what a do jace what up jace jesse jace my guitar player jesse my singer for the band. shout out to jesse dude. make sure you guys hit sub oh let's try out the new youtube chat let's see if this works Ooh. let's see welcome <laughs> nope didn't work what the deuce didn't work I have a whole page now. See? And watch. Didn't work. <laughs> Didn't work. Gives me a little exclamation point. See? Nothing ever fucking works around here. Um, if, if my voice does sound better, I hope that microphone also sounds better because I did take a bunch of time over the weekend and recalibrate some of the audio. Um, that's what's up Jesse I appreciate that man. and and I might as well show we upgraded the cameras you guys so let's go ahead and bow oh my days are you serious you I haven't heard that nickname in god knows how long I think they look better Sean you, I haven't heard that nickname in god knows how long what they say Bay Bay that's my nickname Bay well my brothers originally gave me that because I was uh, young and I was on a scooter and I didn't understand brakes and I hit the front brakes and I smashed my face on the cement so I lost my two front teeth, my two bottom teeth. They called me Bay Window and eventually once I grew back and all that jazz, they eventually just shortened up to Bay. And it's, I haven't heard that nickname in Bay God, Window. Though. Holy shit, that's hilarious. Dude, oh my God. It was... It was interesting to say the least, but dude, what's up, Sean? <laughs> All right, sorry about that, guys. Oh, I went the wrong way. Adam, will you do me a favor? Will you spin that back my way? Like, twist it. Yeah. There you go. A little bit more. So I'm on, like, the third. Keep going. There you go. Like, right there. That way, if I lean in and sit, I'm still in the middle of the frame. Yeah, okay. Because I do that a lot. Oh, now we got to get your camera focused. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> They're new cameras, guys. Go ahead, talk. What would you like me to talk about? Oh, snap. No, but oh, there we go. Reach out towards that camera. Uh, Better? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I don't understand what the fuck's going on. Okay. We'll get there. Uh, I got you. Let's see. So for people that don't know, tell them, uh, tell them who you are and what you do. I am Adam CD or just Adam D. No affiliation to Kill Switch Engage. He kind of gave me a little bit of uh, flack on that, which was uh, absolutely hysterical. 
because he didn't believe that my last name was D. And I'm just like, I don't understand why people have such a hard time with my name. I'm like, it's because it's so short. Yeah, but like, it's I, simple. I don't know that there are a lot of American three letter last names. That's fair. I think I think it's just it 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 lends itself to assume that you shortened it from something else like D'Angelo or fucking. No, I got yeah. But no, when I tell people is my last name is just D, they're just like, no, no, seriously, what's 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 the full last name? And I'm like, just D E E. That's it. Um, but yeah, um, you I'm, should add a third E in there legally, just to be a fucker, dude, just the, to be hilarious. D E E E. Come on, the <laughs> amount of paperwork you have to do, especially dealing with the government with that type of stuff. No, dude, that uh, no, thank you. I don't thank want, you guys. I don't want that. I don't want that type of stuff. No, but uh, I play guitar and backup vocals for my band Forever in Gray. And how long have you guys been a group? I love that you're asking me that question. No. Uh, my, Are you the new guy? Uh, for three years, I'll be in this band coming up. So they were around before you were? Yeah, they were around okay. before, way before me. Uh, their original members is uh, Jace, Jesse, Nick, Josh, and Jeremy. Jeremy bailed because he had some personal issues, and then he's just like, I got to get my life in order. And then he literally just cut everything and just started to do type stuff. Typical of a Jeremy. <laughs> Uh, love you, buddy. I'm, I'm just a, kidding. I, the, I love you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually talking about Jeremy Blake. I, that was a pretend shot at Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy's not a quitter. He doesn't flake. <laughs> I just thought it was funny to pretend he did for a second. Dude, these th- these cameras are driving me nuts. I got to fix this real quick. I'll just keep, keep talking. going. Yeah, yeah, I'll just keep talking, man. But uh, yeah, Jeremy had to uh, he leave to go and just get his life in order. And I've, I honestly don't think I met him. I don't think I honestly met Jeremy. I met everybody else, but well, obviously before I joined up joined the band. But um, no, for a while I think they. I remember. I recall it. You can totally call me out, Jace and Jesse, uh, if I'm doing this correctly. They were on. It was just a four piece, just them for I think about a year, year and a half, and then I put out my my album with a buddy of mine that just to clear this up we're not talking about the same person i was joking about my buddy jeremy blake you're yeah. talking about a completely different jeremy yeah just to clear that up for yeah. any confusion we're not actually talking about the same person <laughs> but yeah I, I one of my buddies actually had a bunch of recording equipment and i asked him can i just can i just record my album and he goes sure and i just worked on that album for quite some time and then i put it on band not nah, yeah, Bandcamp. I put it on Bandcamp, and I literally texted everybody on my phone. I, everyone in my contacts, go to Bandcamp, listen to it, give me feedback. And then on my honeymoon, which I give, no offense, Jesse, don't even feel bad. Don't, don't, don't even sweat it, buddy. Like On my honeymoon, uh, Jesse texts me, like, I listened to your album. I showed it to the rest of the guys, and we want to bring you in as our other guitar player. And I was a little blown away and also shocked because if you listen to it now it's trash but <laughs> it's it's not to the quality that I, I would like now that we all hear that I want to bring it to but isn't that weird how you like when you wrote your shit when I wrote my shit back then yeah we thought it was great and we showed it and we oh, showed man. everyone and but now so you proud look of back and, and it's, it's almost just, humiliating in some ways it, it just, is depending on who you are and what you're listening to because there's shit there's stuff of mine that I would be legitimately humiliated if someone heard. <laughs> no, I, I completely understand that. And what, I absolutely... what do you think that is about us that that like we think it's great then? 
it's pretty obvious why we can admit why it's trash now. Well, yeah. But now. why do you think we think it's good then? Like we're still listening to good music. It's not like music was shittier back then in general, so we had a lower bar to measure it to. You know what I mean? Like it's growth. Pros, pros are pros, but why are we delusional enough to think it's good when we're that age? Because at the moment, at the time of when we make it, we're like, we're proud of the work we put into it. We're proud of what, how it sounded at the time. And then as you grow and as you kind of mature, you're more of a sound and more of a direction of fine tuning. You you're, look back at it. You're just like, Ooh, I think you're onto something. I think it, I think it's, you're proud of the accomplishment Yes, and you want to share that and with you, people. And you just want everyone to see that and hear it and listen to it. But then- yeah, he listened to it. He showed my he showed the rest of the guys. They were like, "We want to bring you in." And I was like, "Can I have a couple of days to think about it?" And he goes, "Yeah, we're in no rush." And I asked my wife, "I go, babe, what do I do here?" And she's like, "Whatever you decide, I'll back you a hundred percent." And one hundred, dude. I I honestly, if it wasn't for Brian Head Welch's story, I probably wouldn't have joined Forever and Gray because what happened with him. So that's the dude from Corn. Yeah. What do you mean his story? Well, he left corn, yep. became a Christian. He's just like, God's telling me to do this. God's telling because he, it, I he get, became a cor- he became a Christian, and that's why he left corn, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. It's because he became a Christian. He had to leave corn because he had a lot of personal demons to deal with, which is completely understandable with the life that he had as the rock star. And once he got his act together and everything, he just his testimony is what really is what made me jump into forever and great because after getting all of his stuff cleared out i cannot remember the festival and i've watched the documentary i don't know how many times but um it was some type of festival in north carolina it was 2013 his band love and death was opening for pod and corn was a headliner so they were going to be in the same facility and they've never haven't talked in quite some time and then Bass player Fildy uh, brought, kept talking to him, and then he brought over to Monkey, and they made up. And Brian was literally just telling him, like, "I'm sorry, I bailed the way I bailed, I left you with everything." And they hugged it out, and they're like, "Why don't you just come up and play blind with us?" And that was kind of the start of him going going back to Corn. And then his testimony of explaining, <laughs> "I had to leave." That was that was also that was also the beginning of the end for the guy who replaced him. <laughs> Dude, you they didn't have really that. have one. <laughs> like I mean, they had like <laughs> certain people here and there in the background, but they'd never really replaced Brian. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. Like, like whoever had that job, it was like a dream gig. He's like, yeah, I'm touring with Corn," And then that show happened. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be unemployed tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the, the guy did not, did not uh, mind at all finding a uh, new man and studying his own stuff because that guy, he, now you put that on his resume. That's brutal, though, if you think but, about um, that shit, man. That'll fucking ruin your life. <laughs> you think you finally made it. You fucking quit your job. You sold your house. You're like, I'm on tour with Corn. <laughs> the next day, dude like, comes back. Crap. You're like, fuck. Crap. <laughs> that reminds me of that psychologist that uh, like put his house up for sale when he was doing the documentary with uh, Metallica, the Some Kind of Monster documentary. He's like, yeah, I, I put my house up for sale. I'm ready to go on tour with you guys. And they're like, uh, yeah, you're not going to be working with us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, once he came back to Corn, and then he explained like, dude, like these are my people. I got to show up for the people, the fans. They're just and then if they ever wanted prayer, they can't ask for it. And after hearing that, and just I, if it wasn't hearing for that testimony, I don't think I would have joined because I was doing my own thing and just trying to figure out my own stuff. But then 
I was like, I haven't, because I haven't been in a band band for like. So you're alluding to. Years. I don't want to. I don't want to assume anything, but I feel like you're alluding to there was some sort of battle you were fighting with the balance between being spiritual or Christian or something and being in the music industry. Is that right? Mm, no, because what? Because so how does his then? How did his testimony, specifically his story and journey, help you get into this band? If, because if it wasn't for him taking a leap of faith and going back to corn and just explaining why he went back to corn, that's what I was just like, okay. Because all my guys are great guys. Like, they're not, they're not, ter- you know, how do I say this? Um, they, they, because I asked them when we were in my house when I lived in Aiken, I was just like, do you guys have a problem if I talk about Jesus sometimes? Because I don't want to be that Bible thumper. That was always the biggest thing for me because I, I, I'm i not a fan of that where they shove it down your throat and constantly you're like, uh, no, 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 I'm good. Yeah, no, they constantly just read off scripture, mostly from Leviticus, and I just want to smack them upside the head. and then I'm just Especially like, when they quote parts. Uh, That's my favorite one is when they quote like, they'll quote something from Leviticus but they'll stop halfway through. And they're just cherry And I'm picking. like, finish that part, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, don't, don't do that. Yeah, that, that one pisses me off a lot too, dude. I feel you on that one, man. They're just cherry picking, and but because I was still trying to figure my own stuff out, just personally, I'm like, did you know in Leviticus? Not to cut you off, but oh, I wanted to add what you just said. So they quote Leviticus a lot. Yep. In Leviticus, there's a part, and it's very, it's like right after the Ten Commandments. Yep. It's right after that. That says it's actually a sin to like force, compel, convert people to your religion like to force your religious beliefs on them yeah. is actually one of those sins as well yeah and so they're literally doing it they're sinning as they are shoving their holier than thou bullshit down your throat they think it's justified because they're trying to save your soul and i'm just trying to explain to them i'm like you do not have the power nor the authority to save my soul so i mean jesus are good but you're a christian yeah and that was probably the one thing because I don't want my guys to feel like they have to walk on eggshells. Like they have to, like, just because Ah, some of them don't believe. Gotcha. Okay. I I think I see what you're saying. So the battle wasn't necessarily with you being a Christian and being in the music industry. It was making sure that you could feel comfortable being in a band with guys who don't necessarily think like you. Yeah. And they're not going to give you shit. And they also know that you're not going to be basically preaching and ministering to them. Yeah. If, gotcha. they, if they have questions, they could totally ask. Like I've made that very clear. Like I always have an open door. Always, if you want to know anything, if you want to talk, my door is always open. My phone. I'm just a phone call away. But I don't want to be that Bible thumper because right. I've, I was born in the church. Like my my entire family. I'm not trying to knock. No, no, I'm not that's not why I'm chuckling. I'm chuckling because I remember I'm the same way, and I just remember being in a band, and I just remember being super fucking drunk one night, and some dude was complaining about his life, and I was just like. Boy, you need Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I said. And he just looked at me like, what? And I was like, you need Jesus in your life, bro. Like, for real. And just walked out of the room. That like, And I said it because I was super drunk. That's about all the energy I had, too. I said it with that exact, boy, you need Jesus. <laughs> he, what? I was like, bro, you need Jesus in your life. And just left. Like, that's all I said. No, because you're right, dude. Those people annoy me mm-hmm. as a Christian. Because they'll tell me I'm not living Christian enough, you know? And if I'm annoyed by it, then somebody who doesn't believe is also going to be super annoyed by it. So I respect that, dude. That's really cool. 
You know, and it doesn't mean that you got to keep that shit to yourself. It doesn't mean that you have to be ashamed to be a Christian. It doesn't mean that, you you know, nobody needs to know that shit. You know, don't, don't, don't even talk about it. That's not what we're saying. I hope that's not what anybody's getting out of this. No. It's just more or less like we don't want to be on a soapbox every day of our lives. Yeah. And that's the other thing I don't want to do is I don't ever, I don't ever want to use my platform. So whether I'm in a band or the podcast or a job, I don't ever want to be that person who uses their platform to further their politics or their religious agenda yeah, or beliefs either. Like, I'll let you know what's up. Yeah. But it pretty much stops there. No, I agree with that, dude. No, I think so- that's a sign of maturity, too. I don't think I there's a lot of people soul. our age. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of people our age or in our age range. Yeah, you're like I'm two years big- older than me, just for the cr- really? just, just for the record. You act like you're fucking 22. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dude, I do not have the 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 energy to act like I'm 22. Like, for real. Like, yeah, be, being born in the church, not saying because... Uh, so you did grow up in it? Yeah. So I just... Because actually some of my cousins are actually in watching this. So, boys, what's up? Um, but no, being... We got some Satan worshipers in the chat, too. Yeah, they're fine. Shout out to them. They're fine. <laughs> I love all my fans. But uh, I love all the Jamies. Being, you know, being into the church and then just having a piggybacking off my parents' faith. Like, I didn't discover my faith until, like, I was in my mid-20s. But I've just, I, I like how what you said, it. like, you are down with the faith, but you're not down with religion because it's man-made in the church. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm the exact same way because I see religion as the church because being born in the church and growing up in the church, I see the hypocrisy. Yep. Yeah, I see the, the clicks. Yeah, the shortest way I can explain it to people that don't understand because I go, well, I'm like spiritual, but I'm not very religious. And like, I've even heard Rogan go like, ugh, what does that mean? That's so flaky. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's very simple. Yeah. Religion is an institution created by man surrounding a spiritual faith. Yeah. So I guarantee you if Jesus Jesus was here today, he would probably rebel against the modern day Christian church just like he did the old school well, version of what he did back then because it's almost the the identical thing. I mean, sorry, dude, if you're a big Joel Osteen fan, I hate to break it to you, but like, the fact, I don't think Jesus would be super down with what that dude's doing. The fact that you're a Bill Burr fan and a, Jim, and a Joe Rogan fan, uh, his uh, episode where he had that with the blue carpet and they were completely making fun of Joel Olstein. Were they? Oh, my days. I didn't see that. Oh, one. dude, you have to go back to it because they're completely <laughs> making fun of Joel Olstein and I completely, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, just fuck that guy. Seeing the clicks in church and being a, I would definitely say a black sheep. I'm the black sheep of my family. No offense, guys. But I am the black sheep of the family. I am this outcast because of certain, how you would say, very interesting things. It's so funny because, like, it sort of makes sense, you know, since you grew up in small town Minnesota. Yep. But, like, based on the way you look and the tattoos and, like, how nice and polite you are, you're just, like, another hipster in Minneapolis. (laughs) There's nothing dark about you there's nothing outcast or well, different about you you're just another dude you that's know that's very I mean? sweet of you but i mean if you want i can get into somewhat of the details of my past but not all of it i mean because that would take about like oh like six hours we got that good time, exactly so i'm just like what but because i've always wanted to be part of a church i just didn't like the the politics of church right and it there were a few churches that were actually pretty dope that i was a part of and i tried to do my best the to, tithing thing fucks me up too because it says in the Bible you need to tithe, but like that feels so weird. Like, I get it. 
I, I, I get the text of the tithing. I get it because it's, you're literally putting your money where your mouth is. Right. But, but, I like, get it. but like how they tell you, like, if you don't tithe, though, you're not really getting the Th- blessings. That's because like, they're using. Uh, and that's, that's what like bothers me. place. Uh, it just feels so creepy. Like it, it's it literally boiled down to once eventually I got used because once I actually stood on my feet and actually not really going against the church, just like I'm like, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I, I Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, like I have different viewpoints and different paths that I've took that I've taken that I don't agree with some of the stuff that you're doing. And when the tithing part, so I, what are your stances on Israeli Palestine? <laughs> I'm, just I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Not that deep. I have enough to go there. I have enough with this, but um, <laughs> the tithing thing I get is because you're not, you're not trying to control yourself. You're like you're putting your money where your mouth is. You're, you're, you're showing right. trust in the, in the Lord. Did you tell them that you were the Lord's chips? I don't know if you're a natural Libre fan, but it's literally putting your money where your mouth is and walking by faith. And I get that. It's just the hypocrisy of what church does. It's like, because they say like, we're going to do this outreach program. We're going to do, we're going to go to different countries and and minister. But sometimes it does the money. That's not what it does. It's being, you're, you're paying them like that. You, the, the guests at church are, is your salary. Yeah, it's crazy because I've been to churches that like started off nice and small and humble. And then yes. all of a sudden it's like I'm doing the math in my head and I'm like, even with a discount and tax free, that's still a hundred grand worth of music gear on that stage right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. It's It makes it more inviting for more people to build the congregation. I get it. But at the same time, it's like. I don't know, man. It's just, and then is where it really, the church specifically is where it's always, the reason I've never stuck with a single church for more than six months to a year is because they will, like, I'm on board, I'm on board, I'm on board, and then all of a sudden one day I show up and they say some shit, something, they say something, and I'm like, no, 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 like, I know that part of the Bible, and that is not what that means. Like, there's no way. Because this, again, is already going against everything that we've talked about for the last year, or in this case, my entire life. Yeah. it's I, I just, I get annoyed with it, to be quite honest. I get that church works for the majority of people. I get that. I'm, I'm not trying to knock people of saying, like, you're a sheep. Like, you're, like no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. It's, it's some people, like, that path for them, that's where they found peace. And it, they want to be part of a group. Like, that's just how human beings are wired. It's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not knocking those people. Right. It's just growing up in the church and knowing everything about it and how it works. It's like, I'm going to take a line from Bill Burr. He's there in the God show, the God show business. Right. Once I heard that line from Bill, I'm like, he's a comedian. You're not really supposed to take them seriously, but he makes a very solid point. Like it's, the, it's the God show business. You watch HBO. We will hear eventually. Um, guys, look this up for me. I think it's called the Royal. Ten- no, the Royal Tenenbaums. That's that's a no. That's a movie. Aww. Um there's a. Savannah, what's up, girl? Thank you. I appreciate that. There's there's a there's a TV show on. Um, there's a TV show on HBO, and it's with uh uh John Goldman. Uh, the dude from Eastbound and Down. What's his fucking the name? The only thing I know about Eastbound and Down is Smokey and the Bandit. And, and uh, that Walter, is, is it, no, Walter Goggins? Is it Walter Goggins? Fuck, I can't remember. 
Um, I love, but that- it's exactly what you're talking about. It's about this super. It's about this family that's in the God Show business, and it's exactly what you're describing. It's what Bill Burr jokes about. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's it's pretty obvious. I get it. It works, and it's just some someone. I'm I'm more of a specific type now. Like I'm more looking for more of an intimate walk if you will and i realize eventually like that's just gonna have to just be boiled down to myself like I, sure. my walk personal is just it's gonna have to do with me and then eventually the reason why i'm so polite and how much you rip on me which i find hilarious and i'm like sometimes you'll get under my skin and i'll be like oh okay all right, all right we're gonna do this okay then you just like you want to step up let's step up but uh that's no the, so the reason why i'm so polite is you catch more with honey than you do with vinegar Grandma taught me that, and some true. someday or sometime, like some people will ask me, like, "How did you find your peace?" And I'd be like, "This is where the trouble gets in," because I'm like, "Well, the reason how I found my peace was through Jesus," and they're like, "I'm like, yeah, that." It, the, right. Some Christians ruined ruined a lot of people, good people, and yeah. it. I know I I my best phrase in saying is you can't change the world. Don't change the world. You can't. It's already gone. It's fallen. It's done. You can't do anything about it. The only thing you can do is just help people. Right. That's why I try to do my best to be polite, to be respectful, to say the mister, just not the last name because I learned that that's, uh, that, that, is a, that is one and I won't do that, <laughs> but is to show respect and then eventually just to befriend a person and then if they have any more questions, um, eventually lead to like, this is how I found it. And, like, I try to tell people like how you found peace. That's 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 all you. Like I I don't have I don't believe any Christian should have the right or. Oh yes, righteous gemstones. That's exactly what it's called. Thank you, thank you, Daniel. That's exactly the TV show. Dude, I'm talking you want about. research? It's great, by the way. You, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. You want research? She's your gal. She will like that. She she's when I have as long as it's not the election results, <laughs> <laughs> which I was right, by the way. Uh, that number you gave uh, in chat that night, um, it is correct. Yeah, but it was the total votes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was like eighty, approximately eighty million for each person, which was still a record high. But that's still only one hundred and sixty million people. It's still half the country. If you think about that, yeah. it means only twenty five percent of the country, on average, votes for the winner. <laughs> that's that was that whole point to that rant that night, by the way. But um, uh, the reason I don't think any Christian should have the right or the authority to say what you're doing with your life is wrong because if you found peace if you found happiness and you're truly at peace and not trying to cause war or try to cause, stir shit that that you have no right to say to a person like you need to change your ways because you're not you're not going to heaven it's just like you don't know their path you don't know their walk right. yeah exactly and we've all got fucking demons i'm so sick of hearing that shit and like you see it now i see it now from virtuous virtue signaling people oh. who don't even pretend to be christian they just act like they're literally perfect and like the, the way they condemn people online it's just disgusting it, it seriously Jared, cringes me out Adam. i'll pray for you I'll- oh god yes he knows it <laughs> That's my favorite line. And I'm not even talking All about Christians right now. Is what I'm talking about is like, like, I got to do this. I have to. So they're talking about like, oh, lifting the mask mandate. Would you go eat at a restaurant that doesn't require masks? And I'm like, yeah, because you can't fucking eat with a mask on anyways, you morons. 
So if you're going to go to a restaurant, you're taking the mask off. So if I'm not required to wear a mask, I'm at no greater risk than I was before because I'm still allowed to wear the mask to my table. Yeah. And people literally online are like, oh, great way to signify America's arrogance. You don't even care about the health of your fellow people. And it's like, what? What? Like, stop. Stop. You're not better than me. You're not smarter than me. Like, just stop. You're not going to fucking suddenly, you're not the person, you're not this, Facebook isn't the place. You're not going to suddenly enlighten me and open my eyes to the errors of my ways and the, on my views of masks or God or whatever. It's just the, I got you. That's same, that's what it is. It's, and it's same thing on the other side when they condemn you or, or call you ignorant for, for believing in God. Oh, like, oh, you want to believe in a, in a, in a blah, 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 blah. Like, no, I'm not a child. I don't believe in fairy tales. It's like, wow, that's super dismissive and condescending. Like, so you're so intelligent that you've been able to prove what no one's been able to prove. And you know that for a fact. Mm. No, because you can't prove. Oh, my God. I just this this conversation is already exhausting. Like, Just <laughs> even having this version of this conversation, because I think we agree. And it's just an endless rabbit hole of just yeah. shittiness. Yeah. And that's if if you want to boil, boil it all down. If if you just want to take away just the love, of, if you just want to boil it all down, Jesus basically said it best: "Love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and all that jazz." Yeah, I get that. Yeah, we're cool. Jesus, we're cool. And just love your neighbor as yourself. The golden rule. That's something that I want to know. What in the world? Where did that go? What happened to the golden rule? I I, I I've been trying to figure that out for at least. 10 years. I think it got melted down and turned into a bunch of grills, bro. That's why that fucking revised steak tastes <laughs> so good. I got you. I got um, so, so to boil it down, basically, they were like, hey, little Christian boy, you want to come be in our heavy metal band? And you were like, sure, if you're cool with that. And they were like, oh, we're cool with it. And then you joined the band. Well, no. I, and that was three years ago. Because Jesse asked, I was just trying to figure out if, because... I literally was just trying to figure out, like, because I, they have their different walks. Uh, I know, I know, two or three of my guys have been burned by the Christians and by the church. That's why they're like, no. And I'm like, that's <laughs> like, a- like burned like at the stake. <laughs> metaphorically, I'm just, I'm just metaphorically, kidding. yes. And that, I, but that was the imagery that popped yeah, in my no, head when you. you said they got burned. <laughs> no, I got you. And I, I literally just want to be like, I, I can do. I can be myself because I'm very outgoing. Once, once you know, like the beginning, I'll be shy, I'll be polite. But once you know, we talk, meet up face to face, I can finally be on a Jared basis and be like, "We're cool," because my brain finally like, "Oh look, face to face now, we're actually on the even playing field." Yeah, I'm a big fan of like, dude, bro, you know, man. Uh, I can't. Uh, that's too much chat energy. I can't. I can't do that. I can't. I'm a, I'm a brah. Yeah, brah. Brah. Dude. Dude. dude, I love. No. I love the brah. <laughs> Bruh. Come on, brah. There's too many Ugh. memes. There's just way too uh, many memes of bruh. Bruh. Like, no. Bruh. But uh, once I just said, you know, you're, you're like, I'm in. You know, I, I literally just, I literally checked him like, you know what? I thought about it. I prayed about it. I'm in. It, it was literally just like, just be yourself. If they have questions, ask. Otherwise, just treat them as a friend. You know, just treat them how you want to be treated. That's it. And then the first practice hit and I load with uh, my my drummer Josh and Jesse was screaming his lungs out and I'm like okay okay I'm feel, I'm liking this flow I'm really liking how he's playing I think this is actually do something and at the time I was rocking a Valve King 212 
with a crate half stack. So I literally just plugged it in. And then I'm just like, because we had our first show at the garage. And after that show, I was like, Bro Sidon. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, man. If, if people are listening to this on audio and they are wondering where all these random things, why I keep there, I'm. We're referencing shit that's being said oh, in chat, doc. live chat. So if you guys want to really? be, be part of oh, the live, you got to come to YouTube. <laughs> but after the garage show, I literally was just like, I gotta, I got, we gotta step up. I gotta step this up because it sounded good, but I just know that something's better. And then eventually, I, my wife spoils me. I, I kid you not, like she's my sugar mama. I literally have. I literally set this up. So you're the loser musician. Yes. She's the breadwinner. She is gonna be the breadwinner. Oh shit! Like it took a it took a good chunk of. You con- better not be quitting your job yet. No, that's five years from now. Okay. Yeah. Good. No, that's five years from now. <laughs> you guys aren't ready for all that yet. <laughs> but uh, no, it took some convincing. But once I literally laid laid it out for her like this, this is something that I'm meant to do. This is something that I need to do because. I, I will go into this one because you asked about because you said like if it was just therapy because <laughs> you said if it was just therapy it would yep. be in just just for you and I'm like because yep, I got buddies like that I got buddies in awesome bands yeah and they don't even play shows because they're like dude it's literally just my it's therapy it's once twice a week at most that's it but there's also a missing component is that all of us are connected all of us are Another person is eventually going, I know like a lot of people give a lot of people flack for this because they're like, go see a professional or something. But I'm like, no, no, no. Some people look for other bands for like, you're going through the same thing. I write music, what I'm going through. This is my therapy of getting it out and actually trying to make sense of everything that's going on in life because life is complicated. Someone or along the lines, someone's going to come and discover our music lyrics and they're gonna be like, what did you mean by this? And it's, 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 this is like the cheesiest and just annoying thing, but this is it it's a way to witness without witnessing, without Bible thumping. Like this is what it did for me. It could work for you, but I'm not pushing you towards that. If you take meaning for it and you take it because it music is art, it's open for interpretation. And so if you take a different meaning from it, that's great. But it I'm not going to be like pushing you or forcing you to believe what I believe. Like this is what I do. This is how I get therapy from it, but also putting it out for anybody to find it or try to promote it. And if they take meaning from it, then it was meant for them too. So we're all connected. We're all human beings because everybody needs somebody to help. Everybody right. needs help. There's nothing asking for help is very, 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 very difficult. I am very much uh, guilty of that. I have a very hard time asking for help because I'm like, if it falls on me, I can do it. I'm, go- I'm not going to ask for help. I'm going to accomplish this and get it done. So it relieves less stress because my my band guys can definitely vouch for this. Like I do so much for my guys, so it relieves less stress onto them because they already they already have hectic lives as well. So if they don't have to worry about a promotion or promoting or setting something up to get her name out there or how the music video is going to look, like I already have everything set up. I take your guys' input. How do you want this to look? How do you want your ideas to come about? They'll tell me about it, and then I artistically put it out. So it relieves the stress of them so they can be more open, more free, and then it's the same thing with music. 
if the, if my guitar player Jace will write something, he's like, I just have this riff and this riff. I'm like, I can put this together and put this breakdown here, and it, it sound and it sounds like this. And he's like, I I love it. I'm trying to create an atmosphere with my guys, so whatever ideas they have, I can push that forward to have their ideas come about because so what's the end goal with this what's the where where do you want this to go the project uh, the, 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 the reason the why you get into music there's only three which i'm like you're i mean it definitely no. boils down to one of those three if you if you pursue being an actual musician and most of that is not to like get people in a gotcha moment. It's most of it is to we need to start admitting to ourselves that we're needy, attention seeking whores. And without the validation of other people telling us how great we are, we become insane and unhappy and drug addicts and sometimes even still. It's not to like, you know, fucking make people feel bad. It's just like, let's be honest with our motivations and why we're doing it. Because in same thing, if it's for money, that doesn't mean you need to make a million dollars is what that really means to like people like me is I'd rather make 30 or 40 grand making music than a yeah. hundred grand working for some asshole in an office. So let's just be honest as to what our motivations are so we can actually go out and achieve those fucking goals instead of sitting here pretending it's all about the music. Okay. Well, that's why you're bitter and unhappy because you're not even honest with yourself. It's not just all about the music or you'd still be at home hanging out with your bros. Yeah. Brah. Like that's uh. just the reality. That's the fucking reality. You, you started playing shows for X, Y, and or Z. And as long as you can be honest with yourself, then you can actually start looking at yourself and trying to get better. Yeah. Because if you if you're doing it because you want to like be famous, okay, and then somebody goes, yeah. dude, your shit your shit ain't good, dude. Your shit sucks, bro. And they go, oh why? And you can explain it. Now you have a motivation. If I want to get famous, I got to write better songs. If you're doing it for money, dude, your shit ain't good enough for people to pay for, bro. Nobody's gonna go see your fucking band. Okay, now you know. If you want to make money, you gotta get better at this X, Y, Z. Maybe it's promotions or uh, designing flyers just to get people to the show. There's so many things that you can zone in on mm -hmm. and figure out what you're failing on if you understand what your fucking goals are to begin with. Yeah. And that's just, I think my main motivation is like getting people to understand their worth because I know talented musicians that should and could be making a hundred grand a year doing studio work, doing session work, fucking jobbing on the road, playing in local stuff, cover bands, whatever. And they're making 32 grand a year working for some asshole and they're miserable. Mm. And it's like, dude, we don't have to do this anymore. Let's just figure out what you really want. And a lot of guys think it's so unattainable. But it's really not. It's right here in front of us. And I know people that are doing it. And I'm trying to show more people that are doing it. And I'm bringing people on that aren't doing it. So we can have in-depth conversations. And, you know, I can let them know, like, dude, this mm -hmm. is really fucking good. You guys should be doing this. You should be doing this. You could, you could ease. Like, if you think about it in simple terms, most of us, unless you have a large family, really don't need to make 100 grand a year. Yeah. We could still actually live a decent life on 40 or 50 grand a year. You got five band members, let's just say 50 grand. That's $250,000 a year. Seems like a lot of money you got to make until you realize 10,000 subs at $5 a month in your fucking Patreon is 50 grand a month. Yeah. That's a half a million dollars a year. Now, when it comes to goals, it's <laughs> like, literally like, a change. It's, not, it's, it's not, not that fucking hard, you guys. And 10,000 people to pay for your shit 
that's a drop in the bucket when there's 330 million people in this country. Yeah. When it comes to goals, like I'm, we're, we're basically like for my guys and myself, of course, uh, we're basically sitting in one of the goals. Like I literally shot you a message and like, just, it was just a shooting out there. Like, Hey Jared, how would you feel about having me come on podcast? Here's, here's my band. Here's some of my stuff. And like this, this was literally just a, a shot in the dark learning that if I don't ask, it's always going to be no. So this podcast of this, of this episode was literally just like another goal of like, okay, it's, it's obtainable. Rome wasn't built in a day. Exactly. To, to get to the hundred grand, like what you're talking about, it's it's not hard. No, but it's just it takes a long time. Extremely long time. And so learning at the end game, it takes one fan at a time, one brick at a time. Not only that, dude, not only was Rome not built in a day, but Rome didn't become Rome in a day either. Meaning yeah. like what I mean by that is by the time you get a hundred thousand subs, yeah, or even ten thousand subs at five bucks, you'll be the shit. Like, you will be good. Yeah. Like, right now, you do, your band probably isn't even... None of us are probably good enough or popular enough, obviously, to have 10,000... Well, some of us are. There's a couple of people I've had on the podcast that make, make some balling-ass fucking money. But um, <clears throat> by the time you get there... Like, for example, I don't deserve 1,000 subs on this podcast right now. I would love to have 1,000 subs, but I really don't deserve it. By the time I get to a thousand subs, I will be such a better podcaster yeah. that I will actually deserve to make that money from YouTube. Yeah. So there's these super high thresholds that we have, and we say things like that. Rome wasn't built in a day. That's true, but you also got to think of the skill set that you develop along that journey as well. Yeah. So by the time you become general, you actually deserve to be general. By the time you become a headlining band in this town, it's because you fucking deserve to be a headlining band in this town. Because you paid your dues. Yeah, you, you you're your actually stripes. good. Your fucking gear's top notch. Your shit's tight. Your songs are dope. All those, fu- like you just said earlier, bro, you know that shit you wrote back in the day, the shit I wrote back in the day, we listen to it now, it's humiliating. Ooh. Here's the question. Five years from now, are you going to look back at the music you wrote now and be like, that shit was dope, bro? I would say the the music videos, I don't know if you have them queued up or anything. We can get to that later. But uh, the music videos and the music we did now with Rebirth, I'm I'm like, this is a great start. I'm not going to look back and be like, that's trash. Like I look at it and I'm like, this is going to be a really, this is a good start because now the new material that we're making now, it's heavier, it's harder. I'm actually a little bit of like, a little bit of, a little bit of gent sprinkles in there. Not a whole song. You can't. Yeah, I can't do a whole gent because that's a, just a timing thing, but just like little sprinkles in here and there. But, dude, it's looking at Rebirth is a great stepping, it's a great start. Like that is a good fuel for the car to pu- pu- to push the sucker into the next level. And I'm, that's what I'm really looking back at this stuff. I always the- wonder about that because every project I've been in and every band I'm a fan of, like, you listen to the first album they did, and by the time they got good, they're not even the same band anymore. Like, they, like, I think, uh, I probably bring this band up as a reference too much, but this is actually not necessarily to prove my point. They're kind of the only band I can think of that really did keep their sound. Coheed and Cambria, like, if you listen to that very first album, and you listen to the new shit, it's the same band. They just got really good at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Most bands, though, like Protest the Hero, you listen to their very first album before Kazaya, not the same band. Um, Misery Signals, 
you listen to Misery Signal's very first album to what they're doing now, barely the same band. Metallica, Kill 'Em All, not the same band. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. but there's a certain threshold that you get to where I think you can still look back and go, like, that shit was dope. Like, there's this sure. old rock band I was in where I hear that shit and I'm like, fuck. That shit was fucking fire, bro. Like, I'm really upset that band you never worked You seriously out. just say fire? Fuck yeah, brah. Dude, you're, you're, you're tempted. You're pushing me to tempt me to say Mr. Singer. Like, for real. Like, what the deuce, man? <laughs> <laughs> just, I, what the deuce? <laughs> but no, I, I get what you're saying in the maturity, but uh, because I, I came in right at the end of Wince the Gunnam. They already had their first album on Bandcamp, and then they... Their album on band, uh, my band Forever and Gray's first album on Bandcamp. That was with Jeremy. Once again, was with. That's J- a great idea. Just Jace. Gent Sprinkles needs to be a T-shirt stylized like a cereal. That's that's brilliant. Was, that's a great idea. Like I was literally, you could, donut do, you could do it a couple sprinkles. different ways. You could do it a couple different ways. You could actually have like a box of cereal called Gent Sprinkles, and like the marshmallows are like little guitars or something stupid like that. Or you could do where the entire pattern of the t-shirt in the background is like a giant bowl of cereal. We want math rock. The only math rock band that I know of. I want of, fucking tacos if you're dropping emojis into the fucking chat, yo. Dude, I just had tacos last night. I'm Tacos s- I'm are fire, brah. Oh, my days. <laughs> killing me. You're I killing love how me. mad I'm making you about the same brah. <laughs> no, math rock, the only band that I know of is Mars Volta. Like that's the only one because all my stuff that I listen to is new metalcore, metalcore, parts of new metal. This is the question. Oh, I'm so happy my brain actually. I understand because we have different tastes and styles of me, which is perfectly fine. This is perfectly fine. When I said Chevelle, and you're like, ugh, I'm like, ugh. I'm like, excuse <laughs> I me, hate Chevelle. That why? Uh. So you cannot look me in the, the eye and tell me that Wonder What's Next. Chevelle sucks. That song sucks. Dead in your eyes, bro. Okay, first of all, Wonder What's <laughs> Next is the album. Uh, that album it, sucks. A, that whole it, band sucks. Everything they ever did sucks. Why? Um, I don't. I just don't like it. I think it's terrible. I think it's weak. I think it's. I think it's softly written. Um, it's like um, here's here's what it is. Chevelle is like um, they're like assembly line songs. Like okay, here's a formula. So like I can give you a certain chord progression. I could tell you how to write a hit song and I could literally give you the chord progressions, tell you how many t- so play this chord, this chord, then play this chord, then go back to that chord. So it's like a like an A A B A riff. Okay, now and that's this chord progression you're not the chords aren't A A B A. The sections are, right? Mm-hmm. There's your four bar riff. Then we can do that for the chorus and then the interlude and then we can even pick similar things in the vocal lines and we can even go into certain genres and literally figure out what's working it at that time. And we can assembly line hit songs and popular albums. And there's entire bands that did that. Chevelle's one of those bands. Oh, that's sad that you think that way. Really? No, I get, no, it's, it's all good. Like if, if there's if, nothing like, if it's not, it's not uh, your it's ca- cheesy. It's like Lincoln park. Cheesy. It's cheesy fucking music. Like, damn, it's really cool when you're new. Like I got caught up in it too, man. There's a bunch of those bands when I was a teenager. I got caught up in it too, but then, like after a while, you realize there's like a certain artistic 
genuine approach that certain people have and it's not about whether the music's popular or even on the fucking radio there's, there's bands out there that have never sold 10,000 records of anything and they're amazing and they write breathtaking songs and no one will ever fucking know and then you have bands like Chevelle who are on the radio and they're popular and they made a bunch of fucking money and they probably didn't write a single song themselves you know put that. together by producers. You don't know that. You didn't talk to them. I can usually hear it, though. That's what I'm getting at, is I can I hear you. it in the music. There's certain music that when I hear it, I can just, I can tell that you didn't sit in your fucking bedroom and, like, cry over a girl and write these heartfelt lyrics. Some, They're not an emo some, band. Some other, person, some other person wrote this love song and sold it to your label, and they brought it to you and said, you need to, mm, you need to record this. I think they're a little bit more authentic than that, but again- maybe. I, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just a hater. That's no, because it's rare. But I do hate. I do hate. No, I'm a fucker. It's rare. Don't even give me that. Like three like, fourths of your podcast is explaining like what you hate. I'm like, okay. Oh, the disingenuous people that make <laughs> like lot lot uh, audacious romantic posts online. Yeah, I hate those people. <laughs> but no, uh, no, because uh, I'm gonna use like Bill Burr and Rogan because I do listen to him a lot. Like he's he's. Bill Burr. Bill Burr, Rogan. God, I haven't listened to Rogan much lately. Dude, I, at all. like he's he's ever since a, he went to Spotify. It's just dude. That's the reason why I got Spotify so I could listen because really, dude, he's <laughs> a good cool. he's a good teacher. But I'm trying not to personally attach myself because if it wasn't for Chevelle, I never would have gotten into metal music because that's cool. Chevelle was the one that brought me in because originally I was a pop punk kid. You want to talk about a cookie cutter? I have purchased the most I cookie mean, cutter I band really out there. Don't have. I rights. love my good Charlotte. I do. I, I love them to I death. I don't have rights to sit here and talk shit about bands more successful than me. I mean, they made money. They paid mortgages. They they did all the things that most of us would ever hope to dream yeah. to do. Um, and I'm definitely not jaded about it. Sure. There's just certain music, and here's the other thing: is like. Stained is another one of those bands where like they really had me as a teenager, and then as I got older, now those songs are fucking cheesy, and it's like, ugh. You ever get into Seven Dust? However, however, that dude, and this is why Stained irritates me, is (laughs) because now looking back, now that I know how much those guitar players could shred the whole time, they could run circles around all the bands that were awesome. And it was like, but they sold out. And that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is it's like, are you are you doing what Jeremy Blake did where when I left Dying Euphoria, he evolved his songwriting to where he was writing songs that lended themselves to a great vocalist in Joe Knox. Okay. If you're doing that, that's to me, that's not selling out. But if you're dumbing down your music and your playing ability, just because you don't think you can write good enough songs to sell records and still make a living, that's the literal de- definition of selling out. You're getting rid of your artistic integrity just to sell records. So it I'll if I find out like Chevelle, those motherfuckers can throw down, then it only alludes to that because it was such basic music. Like I just I don't know. It's hard for me to like really sit there and like say those are good bands because I've met a lot of those dudes and it's like, yeah, you can play your instrument and you look really attractive. Like and you're tight in the pocket, but you can't write a song. Like you can't play your instrument mm-hmm. like you you play your chords you do the thing i don't know man that's just one of the things that you maybe and i'm I just will... being arrogant you know i don't know i 
I'm, I'm just trying to answer your question why I hate on Chevelle. No, and I understand that. And, and why I give him shit. I, I mentioned Papa Roach, too. I talked to him. Apparently, they heard about that. Somebody knows, <laughs> somebody knows them, and they were like, yeah. Well, they, if, it, if, just, if it wasn't for Pete, if it wasn't for Sam, and if it wasn't for Joe at the time, then Dean. Are you not sorry? <laughs> I never would have gotten to metal music because, yes, I, I will agree that some of their stuff is somewhat simple. Somewhat. But less is more. And sometimes when you want to write a song that's just a banger, like I can, well, to me oh, personally. To answer your question, yes, very big fan of Seven Dust. Still Dude. to this day. Still to this day. See, and that's a great that's a great example. You go back and listen to any of that f- shit that Seven Dust started out on back in the day, yeah. and it still sounds fire today. It is not outdated. Mr. It's, Singer, you're killing me with not, this. It's not, you're killing not, me with this. Dude, You're literally. I'm loving this. <laughs> Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But no, just with Chevelle, it's like some of their songs are simple, but at the same time, like what, like you don't, you don't need to add anything more because right here is just like he, they're they're solid in the pocket. They're great. But yeah, I was a I was originally a pop punk kid with Good Charlotte, Blink One Eighty Two, Green Day. Like I was a, unfortunately, unfortunately, not the, the I'm not knocking. Green them. Day was dope. No, no, no. Simple Plan. I eventually was into them too. Oh, plan. Uh, I recognize that name. I'm but a I can't... dick. I'm addicted to you. Oh, there's the yeah. What I for a, a few months, <laughs> but not knocking them. Not knocking them. It's just I. It's just, you get it. I've learned that you get into bands at a certain point of your life, but then you outgrow yes. them. Sometimes, yes. And so, and sometimes they stick with you forever. Oh, for sure. And Chevelle's- That's what I'm interested about. This is why I bring this up because I'm convinced one of the big mistakes we've made in this scene is we want to uh, play- speak for yourself. I just got into this scene. Okay. Well, and hopefully, you, hopefully you don't do this. Hopefully you don't fall for this allure of playing for 18 plus crowds, um, because people, you know, have money and they get drunk, and sometimes you get paid more up front. Hopefully you're smart and you do what Wheeler did with SMB and you did you do what the the after the burial boys did and you market to kids you play a lot of all ages shows because I'm convinced if you can get a kid 12 to 15 oh, years sure. old to become a fan of your band you have them for life. Yeah. I don't believe in ADD cuz I don't think kids actually lose attention or they get distracted. Oh. I totally. They become obsessed. I totally get it. I totally have ADD. <laughs> it's, it's not real. It's just mental indiscipline. Because here's why. Here's why. Children who allegedly have ADD can watch the same movie on repeat all day long. I could tell you nine some, times in a row. And I could tell I mean, you the on. exact line of what's going to be said, which is I, my brain's like that. And there's certain movies I'm pretty sure I'd say, like for example, Top Gun. I could tell you every line of that movie from right. start to finish. It's like the opposite of what ADD is. But anyways, my only point to that was is like, yes, some of those kids are going to outgrow your music, mm-hmm. but some of them are going to be fans for life is what I'm really curious and what I'm interested about and why I separate so easily into different tiers, the way I refer to bands, yeah. is because I think if you outgrow a band, it's a sign that their shit was like a fad or it was manufactured to be popular in that time. That's like, fair. Or, or it just wasn't very good and you just didn't know any better because they, you know, they just wrote something catchy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think about a baby shark is catchy. Doesn't mean it's a good song. I got nothing on that one when it comes to baby. I, you don't know what I'm talking about? I got nothing on that. <laughs> Everybody in the chat is super mad because they're all going, 
A B shark do 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 do. Oh, that okay. <laughs> that I that I know, but you see what I'm saying though. No, I, I totally I'm, see and, what you're and saying. I'm almost more asking a question. I'm okay. wondering. I'm wondering if I'm simply like quantifying it and going, nope, that's a cheesy bullshit band because I outgrew that music. Is that what I'm accidentally identifying as like bands that you attach to and they're like Michael Jackson, Metallica, Elton John, music that is timeless. Doesn't matter if it was recorded in the 80s. It doesn't matter if it was recorded last month. I listen to it and I'm still a fan. Like that sound, that style, the way they write music, there's something at that next level. And those that's that's the shit I respect. Because like, it's really easy to just like write a shitty song. No, that's fair. It's really easy to write a shitty song. It's also really easy to write a catchy hit song oh. that isn't actually very good. It's, no, I got it's you. Just, you just had the right money behind you at the right time. And yeah, I don't know. I, I want to I talk to more people that have actually done that. Because sure. I, cause like the ones I have hate themselves. <laughs> Seriously. And I'm no, not I trying to be you. funny. They hate themselves because it. they're like, yeah, I had no artistic in- integrity. Like I never got to write a good song because I was literally just told what to write by my record label. And it, it's depressing. And they're like, they can't even do it anymore. I, I have a, or they're in cover bands. I have a hard <laughs> time with that word sellout and like, like selling out your musical integrity. Cause I like back in the day, I totally would be like, yeah, they absolutely sold out. Like they, they, they're, they're just part of my French, but they're, they're bitches. They just basically, Who's bitches. they're just like, they just wanted the money. Who's bitches. No, like well, you said, like sellouts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. they just wanted money. But then growing up, it's just like getting older, wiser, and actually being like, okay, let's take a step back. For, for some people, how, what, like people would consider sellout bands, for a different person, like that band is like, I love them. Like I have a co, I had an old coworker who is obsessed, and I mean obsessed with Linkin Park. I like them. I don't have a problem with them. I, like Meteora, I still listen to that album. And I'm like, some of this stuff's still pretty solid. <laughs> I remember when I said Linkin Park was trash to this dude back in the day. Uh, what's the, what's the dude? What was the dude who did the rapping? What was his name? Uh, you, I, Not Chester. I know what you're talking Let's about. Let's call him Larry. I just let's I call can't. him Larry because that's how little respect I have I'm, for him. I'm literally so looking for the wife when she's gonna be like, it's his name. So so I go, that band sucks. And dude goes, Larry is one of the most intelligent people on the planet. And I go, what does that have to do with songwriting? Like, just cause you're smart. Doesn't mean you're good. Like what the fuck? That was your response. Not you, but this, no, is, this you. was like 10, 15 years ago too. This was a long time ago, but I just, I just busted off laughing. Like seriously, I say that band sucks. And your response is the dude who does all the rapping is one of the most intelligent people on the planet. Like, Okay. Well, doesn't mean his music is good <laughs> for some people it's just that's their that's that their, shit was so cheesy that's that their, Lincoln Park that's their, was that's so their band and then I'm like because Greg Ritual Madness Podcast what up shout out to Greg he we make were, sure you guys subscribe to Ritual Madness Podcast by the way when we were on his, uh, his podcast he he actually gave me he gave me a good chunk of nuggets to think upon and actually grow and I should really dope like just because it's not appealing to me, it could be appealing to somebody else, and that really knocked me back. Because I'm like, oh, I've been a prick, constantly being the opposite of a Bible thumper instead of being religion and all that type of shit. I've been like, this is how I see bands. Yep. 
and I'm shoving this down your throat and being like, these bands suck. You know what's funny is like, but I'm like, I experienced I, that. I can't say that. I just came out of that a few years ago where I'll be listening to music and I'll hear something and I'll be like, I don't like this, but let me share it with this person because I think this person might actually like this. Like, I still want to share music with them and like get them shit that they'll like. Yeah. But I, I at least knew like, this is still good. Like, these guys are really good. It's just, I'm not into it, but I know somebody who might be. Let mm-hmm. me send this their way. And so when I heard that, it literally, like, I really had to rethink everything of how I see bands and when that word sell out. Yeah, we could say, like, yeah, you sold out and everything, and I, I sit on our pedestal of integrity, of music integrity, but they're like, bitch, I'm paying my house with this. You right. think I give a fuck? Right, and they might go, here's the deal. I'm doing this because I love music. That's why I left my house, right? That's why I'm not swinging a hammer. I'm swinging this drumstick, and here's the deal. I'm doing it for money, and I'm being paid $100,000 a year to go tour, so even if I don't love the songs I'm playing, I'm still living the dream. So going back to what we talked about earlier, they yeah. knew what they were doing, and so those people are probably very satisfied with themselves because not everybody is a songwriter either. No. Like that's another thing we got to respect here. There's a lot of prolific level musicians that don't write songs. My old drummer, Pat, is one of them. Like He used to kind of hate when you'd try to write parts for him, and I never tried to write parts parts. I would just be like, dude, like half time this spot this spot. Let's, sure. Like, let's, no, I, got you. I see what you're like saying. Like that kind of shit. And he was very receptive to that. But now he's I just had him on the podcast. He's completely flipped. Now he's I'll like, dude, episode, you write yeah. all the parts. You write the parts and just tell me what to play and I'll just like do some little shit here and there. Because it makes his job easier. He's the one with the two high hats. Yeah. Yep. My yep. buddy my gut my buddy Yenzer is actually a pretty decent songwriter, but he's like, That's not my strong suit. Like I, I don't even identify as a songwriter. Like, I'm a fucking drummer, man. You write the songs. Mm-hmm. So not everybody even subscribes to my definition of a sellout because not everybody's a fucking songwriter. They don't have artistic integrity. They literally just want to be in a band, man. Yeah. They're like, you write the fucking songs, dude. I'll just play kick-ass drums. Yeah. And I got respect for those people, too, because they're honest with themselves, and that's what they're trying to do, and they are making a living. And, and, and that's hard to do, and it's rare, man. Complete rabbit trail, but to come back to goals of what... what Definitely would say it's all about the music, man. But I I can't really uh, say like Jesse can probably uh, bust this out uh, for. But I asked Jason like, how much money do you want to make with this band? And he said about well, sixty grand. And I'm like, okay. That was just for himself. And I'm like, okay. To say that money is not a factor, that's like, okay, come on. We're not teenagers. We're not in our twenties. Let's Thank let, you. let's just be real. Yeah. Playing the music, yes, is probably the the main core of it, but I do want to be financially stable with performing music. Like that's, there's not, it's nothing wrong if you want to get paid for what you want to do. Like you said, not swinging a hammer, I'm swinging a drumstick. Yep. Like that's, you're swinging something, motherfucker. There's nothing wrong with that. And people that have that, like, then you're just like, you're just like a sellout and they just complete Virtue signal over you. There's that in the scene too, yep. and so I'm just like, okay, well, if that's what you think, then that's fine. There's I, there's nothing that I can do to change your mind. I'm not trying to change your mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to be a nice person to you. So if that's how you feel, cool. Yeah, yeah I think we start making music because we love music. 
Yeah, you start that way. Yep. And you can even join a band because you love music. But the moment you decide to play a show, record an album, make a music video, there's another motivation there. And I just want people to start being honest with themselves because then we can start establishing what you're actually worth as like, and I refer to it like a business, but that's just the way my brain works. Sure. Like, but as an artistic entity, you know, because that way you don't have to go when you get that line like oh yeah we can't pay you but it's really good exposure you actually know what your worth is and you can actually do some quick math like in order for you to quantify that as great exposure for me i need to have x amount of people there so i can sell x amount of merch mm -hmm. so i can still do my shit on the end so even though you're not paying me yes this exposure is worth it for me in the end yeah way easier to do when you admit there's money involved Way harder to do if you pretend money's not a thing. You know, that all, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like that it muddies the water and, and it also makes, it makes you seem like you're willing to just be a local band sometimes. Like if your band's not that good to begin with, you know, and you're struggling and you're, you're trying really hard, but you guys aren't really there yet. And then you go, it's just, it's cause we, it's all about the music. Like immediately a lot of people are just like, oh, they're just like. Like they're just, I don't know, man. No, that's that caricature. No, I got you. To say we want to be a local band, I know this is where you have to start. You have to start at your home, your hometown. You have to build that up to type stuff. There's other opportunities eventually, but learning more and more about music and the music business and the scenes and all around different states, this is the most relational driven business. It's all about who you know, and how the, you can network and make connections. Man, Finn McKenty is seriously teaching me a lot. Holy balls. I love it. But learning more and more, like, you got to start somewhere. This is where you start. Use the scenes in your own state, your own hometown, to start building that fan base, and then just do your best to write the best music possible. I, my guys could definitely uh, vouch for this one for, for me, I am how you would say, I know I love it. The lights flicker and everything. I am a bit of a, perf I'm, okay. I'm, I am a perfectionist. If something doesn't sound right, like I will play the song until I can play it backwards. Like I have to have it drilled in my head. I have to know where each part is. I'm like, I have to, I have, okay, this, this measure goes into this measure. This measure goes into the course, this measure. Okay. Then like I know how to, so I can map it out. My guys, definitely will give me a little bit of shit they tell like dude you gotta relax and i'm like i get that i understand that 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 i need to chill from time to time and you know i'm working on it and i've, I've definitely uh made some strides of chilling out but just you give me something that we can push this car forward dude i'm going to, i'm going to go balls to the wall as best i can with it and push it as far as i, I could possibly push it and eventually Eventually, it'll lead to a podcast. Not only this, Ritual Menace, but, uh, that podcast will lead to other things. And then I'm just the one I mean, thing. It'll definitely open doors. Yes. But you got to be good enough to take advantage of those opportunities when they come up. And I can honestly be real with you. And if you disagree, well, I'm just like, well, then you're just a dick right now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I believe, I honestly will put my music gear on this, and I have a lot of music gear. I honestly believe the material that we have is solid enough to run with an after the burial or you're den high. of you're so den high, of thieves. Dude. I I do. I believe that. No, dude. You're I, not on that level yet, bro. 
and it doesn't make me feel good to say this. Like, oh, shut up. No, I'm serious. Like, I'm being real. genuine right now, dude. No, you need to hear this. I said run with. No. Not saying no. co-headline. No, you can't Opening? Run. You can't Maybe. Run. No. No. You, no. No, you got a lot more work to do, bud. Absolutely. You, to even I, say you could run with those guys. No, dude. You guys are not even... No. And I don't feel good saying this. Like, I feel like an asshole right now. I do. You can laugh. I don't feel... But you need to hear this. Like, you're not at that... You're not even close to that level yet. Like, there's tears to this thing, and you guys are, like, definitely on the, on the like, younger, raw... Here, you, got, you guys have potential, but you got to put in the work. You haven't put I, in the work yet. You're literally telling me stuff that I... Those guys have um, 10 to 15 years I, I of know. playing live in front of thousands of people. I know. And you just said you think your music is good enough to run with them. It's mathematically not possible. You Open have a, with? Oh, yeah. Open with. Co-headline, we're not there. I, I agree with what you're saying. Like We have a lot more work to do to get to that I th- point. I think you're going to be surprised. I think when shows come back, I think you're going to be surprised, bud. It's a, it's a way steeper hill than you think. Yes, this is what I know, but at the same time, I like a challenge. Good. Good. This is, I'm not trying to discourage you right now. No, you're just trying to piss me off. And no. My heart rate is like is really what, is raising. What I want to do, is what I want to do is I don't want you to have false expectations and go, why aren't we opening for these bands? We're good enough. Because you're not yet. You, you're not yet. Dude, if I was putting that bill together and you go, can we open? I go, no, you're not ready for that. Like You need to go play with these other bands like my band, like you'd need to open for my band. That's what I'm getting at. Like you're not ready to open for those bands. But you've never seen us play live. I know enough. I have enough experience. You're not quite ready yet. You're ready to play shows. Maybe, maybe not even open. Maybe you could even play second on a bill, but not with like an ATB. No, dude, that's a whole other, that's a whole nother level. That's like the NFL of music. You guys are literally like, you guys are like all American high school players. Like you guys are good. I would but say you haven't even gotten to the college ranks yet. Let alone Big Ten football. Let alone the NFL. And you're talking about you think you could run with ATB? No, bro. I'm sorry, man. I have to be the guy to tell you that you're not there yet. You got a lot of work to do. You got a lot of dues to pay. That a lot I understand. Of shows to play. That I understand. I don't want my guys to get discouraged. Put in the work, you could get there. Yeah, but completely. How taking... many shows have you played live oh. in your entire life? Oh God, that is a question I don't even know how to answer because I don't know. I don't even know. Okay, how many shows have you played in the last three years? Five, four or five years. How many shows a year do you play? How many shows a month do you play? There's a way you can quantify this. Uh, again, that one I just when it comes to me and my guys. How many times have you played live with this band? I would say I'm 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 doing a very broad estimate, but I would just say about fifteen to twenty, maybe more. When you add a zero behind that number, you'll know exactly what I'm trying to explain to you right now. I get it. It's just your delivery is a bit dickish. Well, dude, you literally just said to me and to the world, you think you can run with after the burial. That's like saying I could get in a fucking ring with Mike Tyson. 
No, okay, like let's break this one down. Mike dude, that's Tyson. Way too, that's first way of all, too you're high. not in the same weight class. Neither no. are you. Neither is this, your band, bro. After the burial is. I don't want to call them. I definitely say they're metalcore, but I wouldn't call them. Gen, but they have the gent sprinkles. But <laughs> true. I hate. I hate the genre thing. But but yeah, whatever. You could call them metalcore. You could call them Midwest hardcore. You could call them gent. I don't care. Genre doesn't matter. But being on being on the same stage or the same bill. Let's just say the same bill. The same bill is after the burial. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm My not- band doesn't belong on that bill, bud. That's what I'm saying. My band does not belong on the same bill as ATB. We're not there yet. If I can be honest enough with myself and tell you that my band does not belong on the same bill as ATB, I'm telling you. But you're in a different genre. You're thinking about this all wrong, dude. You guys have a lot more work to do. And I understand that, and I'm, I'm willing to put in the work. And the, but if an opportunity presented itself and you had a shot, I'm not trying to be boastful, I'm not trying to be arrogant, I'm not trying to be like, we're the shit. No. It's breaking it down to a calm level and just be like, let's just take the shot. If we do what we do, what we normally do, yeah, we'll be fine. We I mean, may you not have nothing to lose. If they offered you the show, you'd be, uh, you'd be out of your fucking mind not to play it. But that's not what you said is what you said is you believe that this music and your band are so good that you can run with ATB. That's what you said. And I'm just simply holding you to that quote. That is not an accurate uh, assessment of where your band's at right now in your career. That band, dude, has been around for so long. Those kids were virtuosos. And when I mean kids, I mean kids. Like, I know, I know dudes I remember. who knew I them there. at 14 well, years I old. The podcast that you were on. And they ran circles around grown men when they were children. Like, like how Mike Tyson fought adults as a teenager. That's what Trent and Justin were able to do as children on guitar. They were already that good. And so to look at what they've built 20 years into their career... And say you think you could run with them. Dude, it's a little, it's a little over the top, man. And I'm sorry. Somebody's got to say it. Like, and I am that dude. Like, and that's not me being a hater. That's not me being a dick. I don't feel good right now. Like, I, I'm getting warm. Jared, like, like it's, it's I fine. feel a little sick to my stomach. Because I don't feel good making people uncomfortable. But it also, we need to have people in our lives that will be honest with us. And tell us, when no, you're not that good. But like, you're same, not that good. But at the same time, you saying that... It I, it reverses and points to me like okay that just gives me more motivation to prove you wrong. That means you're a good person. That means you're a hard worker. That means you know how to take negative feedback and turn it into motivation. That doesn't mean I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like all of that's exactly how I would respond. In fact, I'd walk out of there with a chip on my shoulder and be like, man, fuck that guy. But what? but I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna look at my fucking music, and I'm gonna also be like, fuck. He's but also, it's subjective. It's your opinion. That's that's what it comes down to. We may not have the the chops of us, whatever, to run with ATV after the burial or Den of Thieves. We we may not, but if we don't take that shot and just be like, "Yo, we got this." You also need to play for way bigger bands that are better than you, so you can see the. So holes you can in your learn yep. and how to draw more and become better. Like you, I need to play with some. We you need to play comedy a lot. 
You've referenced Rogan. You've referenced Rogan, and you've mentioned Bill Burr a lot. Yeah. Rogan says this infamously. No one ever wanted to follow Joey Diaz because he was too hard to follow. So I used to bring him on the road with him with me because Joe was more popular. But according to the way they looked at it, yeah, they Joey was the better comedian. So by following him, you now need I'm to speaking, push yourself. Now to be I'm better. speaking in reverse. Is what I think you guys need to do is you need to get off the fucking stage and you crushed it. And then the next band needs to go up, and I need you to feel high, like fuck yeah, we. And then the next band goes up, and they blow you out of the water, and you go, oh, oh. So even when we bring our A game, we're still not at that level. And the only reason I can say this with such volition is because it's happened to me so many fucking times, dude. So many times where I'm like, I'm fucking riding high. Our band crushed it. Fucking sold out crowd, five, eight hundred people. And then the headline, and I'm, you know, we're fucking, you said co headlining, it's uh, direct support. Yeah. Um, we play direct support, we fucking crush it. And then the next band goes up. And whether it's the, the, whether it's the volume level, whether it's the light show, whether it's the singer being perfectly on key, whether it's, it's just they're a little tighter. Um, maybe their equipment just sound, there's something. There's always, and you just get it. You go, that's what makes them them, and that's why we're still us. And that's when I was on the bill. That's when I was direct support. That's when I did fucking crush it, and I still walked out of those rooms like, dude, that's like me being in the NFL, going to the Super Bowl, and just I got smoked 41 nothing. Like I walked out of there like no one's remembering us now. We crushed it, but we were only able to be the man for 15 minutes because once that next band went on it's like we never happened you need to feel that like like those comedians talk about because that will get you to evaluate your own game so no matter what anybody else says right or wrong that subjective shit becomes irrelevant you start seeing that shit as analytical facts like dude i need to get a better fucking guitar rig like that's what's holding me back you you can't or i need to get a nicer drum set not, 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 not beat but my rig i'm I'm th- what are you playing through now? I'm playing with a 6505 plus. Yeah, Full that's, stack. That's, but, pre- that's pretty much about as legit as it gets. But I'm le- my guitar player has a 6505 head plus head, and so I'm letting... My full stack, I'm, we're playing, I'm playing half stack, and he's playing my other stack. Yeah, so I don't think there. you need a full stack. I think I, I think a four it. by twelve is enough. Dude, I think I love the full stack. I love it. It's you're just honestly. It's so funny because I'm usually on the other side of this argument. Usually, it. usually guys are like, "You only need a combo amp." I'm like, "No, I'm going with my half stack. I want the headroom. I I don't think you need. I don't think you need four twelves on each. I I do understand. I think half stacks are fine. I do understand what you're saying. The fact that your delivery is a bit dickish, but again, again, I get it. It's, this is you. This is you being like I'm giving you a reality check. I understand that, and I accept that. And then instead of being, I just told pit- you your rig's about as legit as it gets. Yes, but I I'm, just don't know that you need a full stack. I don't know how that's dickish at all. No, dude. I'm talking about the eight after the burial, but. I don't. Dude, I'm sorry, bro, but no. you're the one that said you think you can run with after the burial. If you're going to say that my delivery is dickish, I'm just going to say <laughs> that's arrogant as fuck, bro. Like, that's- if you're going to tell me I'm being dickish, I'm telling you that is one of the most arrogant things I have ever heard somebody say. So let me rephrase it this way. Like I said, I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm not trying to say, like, like we're the shit. No. To say that, to believe it, Wanting my guys to not have the fear of, oh my fucking God, we're playing with After the Burial. Like, 
No, we that's got, good. Yes, you we, should think like that. Yeah, we we got this. And I do, I do have your back. You do, you should. Maybe, this is the irony. Maybe you saying should d- have dickish some, was wrong. Word. You should have a little bit of that arrogance because you have to overestimate what you're actually bringing to the table yeah. in order to actually do this thing that we do. Because if you if you ever if you're 16 and you realized how bad those songs were, you probably wouldn't have kept going. Right. Like, like I said, you know, Mm -hmm. if, if I fucking knew how bad that shit was where we started this conversation, I probably would have been so discouraged and humiliated then that I wouldn't be making music. Now I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you. It was literal arrogance that gets you to like, you believe in yourself more than others do at some point in time, there becomes a threshold where the, 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 the support from your friends and family members isn't enough like you have to take the leap and believe in yourself enough to actually move forward with that. And that's true at all of those times. Cause you're right. If you got offered to play with after the burial and you were too scared to take it, then you don't belong there in the first place, whether you're good enough or not. So framing you're right. Th- you're framing, right with that. Framing it that way, because I don't want the fear. And also Jared apologize. Dickish would is, is maybe I was being a dick. I don't give a fuck. If I'm being a dick, call me a dick, but, I understand what you're saying, and there's, it's great feedback because you're like, dude, no. I'm just like, because that, that I'm not that even res- ready for that, that resistance of me. I was just like, mm, no, I think we can. But I would need to play, and I'm being honest with you, I would need to play a dozen shows with an extremely ideal lineup. So I have Dalton and I have Jeremy. I know they're down. I got a few drummers I could grab and I would need one hell of a bass player. And then I would need a dozen shows in 90 days, meaning I would need a show every weekend and I would demand two rehearsals per week leading up to that before I was willing to take that fucking show with after the burial at the, as the opener Mm -hmm. that that's the thing is like, I'm telling you with all the experience and all the things I've done, I wouldn't fucking even, I'd be like, I don't know if we're ready for that. We could humiliate ourselves and literally never get booked in this town again. So I want to make sure we have our shit together. I want to make sure that we're ready for that show. And when we step on that stage, we're not going to sound as good as after the burial because they're a fucking headliner. They've got all the tips and tricks that every headliner brings to everything they do, but we better fucking be able to compete with the band that comes on after us. Because there's not going to be anybody there anyways, right? Like, you're the opening band. So I'm always thinking in terms of business-wise and fan exposure and shit, like, the people that are there are going to matter. Like, there's not a lot of them there. So you really got to impress the people that are there because you're probably not going to get a bunch of new fans as the opening act because there's just not that many people there yet. That's Mm. why you're there. As the opener, you're supposed to bring people early. That's the point of having you there. Um, so you're going to be playing in front of your fans for the most part. And the other people in that room, the r- the reason you want to impress them is to get more shows and get more exposure with other great bands so you can build your resume, resume uh, pay those dues, learn, you know, cut your teeth, all those things we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. But I've also been in a band where we took a show too early and that's what was, they're not ready. And so for the next fucking year, you would try to get shows and like, dude, I seen that show at dot, dot, dot. You guys aren't ready. It's like, fuck man. Like we weren't ready. And that's why I go back to like, I don't deserve a thousand subs right now. Like I'm not a good enough podcaster to have a thousand or 10,000 subs. Like the, 
And you see that with people with already having celebrity jump into podcasting. Mm. They jump in with 100,000 subs. It's like, you don't deserve that. You don't even know how to, you don't even care about this. You're just jumping in and doing it. And then they fizzle out and they, cause they don't have that equity, that natural fucking, that meat behind them, you know? The work, no, I totally get it. And, uh, how you, how you said like, you're not ready. Like I, I get that. I just, by the time ATB offers you a show, you'll be ready. That's what I'm really trying to say. Like they won't offer you a show today cause you're not ready today. But if there's, if, when they offer you that show, it's because you're fucking ready. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm really getting at here. Is like by the time you're ready, you're ready, and that goes back to what you said. It's like Rome wasn't built in a day. Well, Rome wasn't also Rome. They didn't also know how to build Rome from the. It's not just that it took ten thousand years or whatever the fuck or a thousand years. Is they didn't know how to do it from the beginning. Yeah. So, you know, your experience and your talent and your and the opportunities that come. That shit increases exponentially. Yeah. You know, and there's going to be somebody who's going to fucking call you after this and be like, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Don't listen to him. But if somebody calls you and they're like, dude, here, he's right. You need to listen to him. Those are the people you need to listen to because in this industry, the most dangerous thing is somebody telling you you're great. It is, or it's really good, or I like it, or it sounds good. Two worst words that you a musician can hear is good job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I got you. It's horrible, and it's horrible for our growth because I'm telling you, dude, I should have quit singing way before I did. Somebody needed to pull me aside and go, dude, stop. Like, concentrate on these other things you're doing. Stop singing. Like, if you're, like, like don't, that, what I mean by that is, like, don't quit being a singer, mm-hmm. but stop singing in these bands. Like, you can't fucking sing, dude scream be a front man that's what you do well try to like write music with the band because you want to be a songwriter you know like but dude stop fucking singing i wasted so much time because no one was willing to be honest with me what do you think of this oh yeah sounds good i just like how you said i don't want the fear of the name of the group to be like take your shot If, if if you if you're gonna if you're gonna bite it Put on the best show because, like, I could say this about with my guys, the practices that we do, and and how that is also being the perfectionist I am. But you may not like how you said, like, you may not be ready. Like, I don't think you're ready, and I think if you take this show, it's gonna knock you back a few steps back, and it's gonna you're gonna lose progress. But I'm just like, I don't want the fear of being like, dude, I don't think, I don't think, like, no, 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 we can run if we take if we eat shit. That's fine. We at least had the balls and the courage yeah. to take and, and step forward. And I agree forward. with that 100%. I think it, the strangest thing is that all of these things are true. Like, yeah. and, and as much as I'm right on my opinions and in, in the way I'm looking at this, it doesn't, everything you're saying is also 100% true. None of these things contradict one another. It's like, uh, Danielle just mentioned, uh, Mike, Mike, I love that last name, Mike Berbiglia. Berbiglia says, a little bit of delusion is what keeps you going for the next show, because if you didn't think you did great, you'd never get on stage again. That's 100% true. But you know what also is true is what Rogan says, to quote another comedian, that bombing is the best thing for a comedian. Because it pushes you to become better. Right. So like all of these things are 100% true, and I yeah. think it's fascinating that's the shit I'm most interested in is like, what's making us all tick? Why do we keep going? You know? Cause like at some point Ooh. in time, once your band gets big, I got one on that one. once your band gets big, even if you are good, you're going to hear some mean ass shit. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, I like know. I told you before we started the podcast, if there's an audio or a video issue 
or if one of my guests is like disrespectful in some way, people won't say anything in chat. People will text me or call me and they'll be like, dude, I can't believe you let that dude put your, his feet on your table. That was so disrespectful. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I dude? love how you give me shit. Like, <laughs> like it's my table. If I'm yeah. not offended, how are you offended? And like one time I did this one, it did eventually get deleted. Um, so there was a few people that seen it live, but, um, they were like, and that guy fucking like, he just, uh, and it, uh, I don't want to get into it, but no, I get it. When I hit a certain level, when I get enough people watching, no one's going to give a fuck and they're going to say the meanest shit about me and us in those comments. And so you got to have that thick skin too. Yeah. You know, you got to like, because if you can't take that criticism. Just like, for the record, I can't. Because when you were saying that, saying, dude, no. Like instantaneously, my blood pressure rose. My heart was like, really? Okay. But that's good though, because you took it as a chip on your shoulder and that makes you want to prove yourself. That shit's healthy in my mind, at least. It can be, but if you, cause how do I explain this? If you listen to everybody, you can't please everybody. You're going to piss somebody off eventually. And that's, that's why I do my best to be polite as best I possibly can. Music is a bit of arrogance, absolutely. Like how you said, like you gotta have that belief that you can play this and become like, like yeah, the shit, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's when you're humble, when you're humble about it. Like yeah, like you can play the guitar and you can shred, and you're just like, man, I really appreciate it. Like the humble, humble musicians. That's what I'm trying to strive to be. I'm not a shredder. I do simple, and I mean simple solos you would probably make fun of me for it because it has a lot of chevelle influence into it which is perfectly you know fine what you know what though my boy my boy foley he knows he's probably watching right now i give him a lot of shit because his solos are too busy the, he noodles too much and i'm like dude it's just ugh. you know so i'm one of those guys who's kind of impossible to please when it comes to that shit you know but that's why i love my guitar player because like he knows how to like write a solo or a part where I'm mm -hmm. like, dude, that's butter. I love it. <laughs> you know, every once in a while I'm like that little section right there. I mean, you do you, but that what part I, could change. <laughs> what I do best is breakdowns, rhythm and showmanship on stage. Because not only could after the burial, like kick the shit out of me. There's, n there's no debating that. I'm like, if I were to say, like, I can go amp versus amp and I can hold my own, then I would understand the laughter, like, dude, you're fucking delusional. I get that. But as a whole, with, the, with everything, how the gears are going on with the entire of the band, co-headline, no. Beat them, no. It's, it's not a competition. It's just, like, I think it can play with somebody that it's equally or better than us so when we play and we can see everything of the reaction, we can learn, apply to our natural talent that we have and become better and write better music that we see, that we think is better music. That's what I'm good at. I don't try to boast. I don't, I, cause I, I, I do not, I have a very hard time with massively ego people. Like I, I take it as a personal challenge. Like I need to take you down a peg because I can't, fucking stand you sure. i'm the shit i don't do anything wrong like what i do is just completely butter there were few, i'm going to try to frame this as most respectfully and as polite as possible again there were a few times watching your episode that you pissed me off because i'm like god you're so arrogant however <laughs> however <totally am. laughs> 
you have a different perspective that I'm like, I'm, I'm being too hard on him. I need to look at this objectively. And that's something that I sometimes have a hard time doing because confidence and arrogance kind of walk the same fine line. Well, but, I mean, here's the difference. Those arrogance is literally just overestimating your own self-worth or what you're bringing to the table. So that's, that's why I use that word is because in uh, doc just said it really well too. Confidence is important, but hubris is a killer. Hubris is very, that's overconfidence. And that, that is basically the same as fucking, um, uh, arrogance and so this is the point is like randy moss was cocky and he was a douchebag but he wasn't arrogant because he really was the best in the game and no one was even on his fucking level once his physical skills diminished then he was arrogant because he still thought and acted as if he was the best in the game when he no longer was he was just another wide receiver, and he wasn't even that fast anymore. I love that you're a football fan because we can totally get into this too. Oh, I'm obsessed with football. It's it's football and music, man. Those are the two things I really understand. That like, like when Rogan talks about fighting with a professional fighter, yeah, and he can stand toe to toe with them in a conversation. That's I only have two subjects I can really truly do that with, and that's music and football. Like I know a bunch of real football players who are in the league, and like I can sit there and have high level intellectual conversations with them and it's it's there's it's those two things i feel at home at which is football and music. maybe using this i know i'm, I'm definitely throwing into to the walking into the lion's den however i think of it my guys my band i think of it is like how adam thielen started because he did not get on the team. He worked his ass off to get where he is. He started off in the practice squad, and then he eventually got moved to special teams, and then from special teams he became a backup, and then eventually he became on the main roster, and then like you're a starter now. That's what I see it as. Like uh, Practice squad, special teams, we're in that area. That's that's like what I'm talking I know I know the work. I know the mountain that is, but at the same well, time... To go back to the football... You're not even in college yet. That's what I'm saying. Like you guys, you guys have been recruited, and and by a bunch of schools, and we'll see where it shuffles out. Because like there might even be a couple of your guys in this band that are like D three guys. They could even still make it to the pros if we stick with the football analogy. They could even still make it to the pros, but they're not right now. They're not even playing Big Ten football or or, or SEC football. You know, there's even levels within college and technically. Right, and it doesn't mean just because you're a D three guy, you're not as good as somebody in in D one, let alone the SEC. But you've got shit that you didn't have all the skills coming out of high school to get into one of those big time places, or even as a walk on, you didn't have the ability. So you had to go to a small, you had to pay some dues, blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and then maybe you transfer. Right, that's what I'm saying. And like where I am fuck, dude, like, I don't even know if I'm trying to assess my own career. It's like, I think I would have been on the practice squad at the height of what I was doing. Mm. Like, like when I was killing it, and I think a lot of our bands in this scene, some of these guys have literally headlined their own crowds of 1,500 people there to see them. If we're being honest about the music industry, that's still kind of the practice squad level. 
So again, just to say that you're already on that level, I'm just not sure about that yet, dude. Okay. Like time will tell. Yeah. And I definitely think you can get there because anybody can fucking get there. It's really about it, what these guys keep saying too, which is work ethic. Like it's literally a grind now. How many times a week do you rehearse? I want to do two times a week. However, with my guys and their schedule and their lives and their personal lives, I can only get one week out of them. However, one with, time a week. One time a week, I get them for four or five, possibly even six hours. See, in my mind, that's a huge red flag. So if if I were your manager, I would pre- or your doctor, your muse, I would prescribe three rehearsals a week at a minimum of two hours, preferably three. So you have nine hours a week and not burning yourselves out with six hours in one day. I think it's crucial for that. And I believe this because I've joined a bunch of bands that were really sloppy. And after I convinced them to do the three times a week, like within three to six months, the entire band was tight. We started sounding better. You naturally get better at your individual instrument as well, not just the cohesiveness as a group. And then that started to translate live and people started complimenting like, fucking, you guys are a way better band. Um, I think that's key because I don't, I, without putting in the actual work, dude, because mm-hmm. again, that's what we're talking about. ATB epicurean those bands they'd laugh at three days a week they were rehearsing every day for three to eight hours yeah but they also were around what the same maple grove as atb they were no they were like white bear but they were still in the same town that's one of these are the heavy questions you got to ask yourselves is like how do we make this work for this instead of the individuals in the band just being comfortable because at some point in time you're going to have to take a leap yeah. So you got to start conditioning your lifestyles towards that. Cause I'll tell you right now, if I joined the band today on any random instrument, let's say keyboard, I don't even play keyboard. Let's say I became your keyboard player tomorrow. Um, I wouldn't even be able to come three days a week. It would take me a month just to get my life sorted yeah. to where I could do three days a week. So even, I get how hard it is cause people have lives. Um, but if you don't have 15 to 20 years of that shit already under your belt, you're not going to get away with once a week. Like Gensmer, Gensmer can get away with rehearsing once a week or once before uh, a show. Give me a second. I'm 18 years of bass, <laughs> but 15 years of guitar, and about 10 years of drums for me. But I'm, I'm not even talking about you on your individual instruments. Okay. I'm saying okay. 15 to 20 years of rehearsing three to five nights a week with your band members. Gotcha. Dan Knight talks about this guy who's, again, forgotten more about the music industry than I'll ever know. He talks about this. He goes, L.A. has a huge problem because when I'm out there jamming with these cats, I can tell these motherfuckers don't even rehearse with each other. Their bands are sloppy. That's in L.A. He's the best musicians in the world that he's playing with. And he's kind of mocking some of them, not all of them, but he'll mock a couple of them, some of the amateurs, right? Because he's like, dude, they, they don't rehearse. It doesn't matter how good you are by yourself. You have to rehearse with your guys. Yeah. And it will never, there's no shortcuts. It's like doing sets. It's like going back to the comedy analogy. It's like no matter how many times you rewrite your joke, no matter how insightful you try to be, no matter how much fat you trim off, like Bill Burr talks about, the economy of words, no matter how much you do that, if you're not putting in sets, you're never going to get better. Mm -hmm. It's just the react. That's where... That's where it directly translates to music is rehearsals happen not in front of people and you have to get those rehearsals in. And then, like I said, when, when you've been, when you, with that lineup in that band, when you guys have got 150 shows under your belt, 
and that's playing like twice a week. That's Friday, Saturday for like a year. You can get close. Um, then all of a sudden you'll come back and you'll go, dude, I know exactly what you were trying to fucking say back then, but there's no way you can, without just telling you to do these things and come back you. and see me when you feel better. That's why it's like the music doctor thing. Like take this prescription and come see me when you feel better. I just, I can't explain it any other way. I just, I know it with conviction cause I've been there. I've done it. I've been taught by real pros from the top down. I've, I've helped other cats tighten their shit up. And it's just, it's undeniable, man. You guys got to rehearse more. You, you gotta. And I, I know pandemic makes it shitty and not living near each other makes it shitty, but. Eventually when my guys, cause I have said that, I have said that to him that I want to get more, more rehearsals. You guys got to listen to Adam more. I'm, I'm telling you right now, man, dude, it's dude, I'm liking a lot what Adam's saying and you guys got to start listening to him more. Dude. If, He's okay, got a lot okay, of good ideas. Okay. We lived, the wife and I lived in Aiken, which is two and a half, three hours away from here. They live in the Brainerd, Brainerd Lakes, Onamia, that type of thing. So basically 20, 30, maximum 40 minutes away from, from the house when we were living in Aiken. Coming back from a show from the cities, I'm literally thinking, I hate this drive. It's 2 in the morning. I want to go home. I want to go to bed. I don't want to be at home at 4 in the morning. There has to be a smarter way. But your life is so much wait, more peaceful out there. Wait. We can move. That sell to the wife was very difficult at first, but once that she, because uh, one of her uh, old high school uh, buddies is now the financial planner for the uh, doing the house that we got. Once she learned that he was helping along with the financial aspect, she's like, "Okay, safety net for me." We got extremely lucky with that, like blessed, right? Straight up, hashtag blast, hashtag blast. So we moved from. Aiken to Big Lake because I wanted to be closer to the city. So when we had a show in the cities, it's easier because all my guys can come to the house. I got to say something. Yo. You can, uh, Sean says, you can rehearse all day, every day, but if people don't like your music, it won't change anything. Okay, first of all, be as careful. As true as that and is. And second, be as, nice, he's my cousin. As true as that is, two things. Two things. First of all, that's like mindless rehearsal. Like if you're rehearsing with intent and you're rehearsing three times a week and doing all these things and you continue to write songs, if you're not getting better, then yeah, people just don't like your music and it won't change anything. So yes, that's true. I hope is what you're not implying is like rehearsing isn't that important because trust me, it is. <laughs> no, no, no. The, Sean... He knows his stuff. Like he, I, I, I trust. His. I hope he's saying it the way I said no, it the I'm first, sure. the first time. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you can rehearse all, dude. And if people still don't like your fucking music, yeah, like you need to look at not your rehearsing. You got to look at oh, what are we doing with our songs? But until you know that, like you, you've put in the rehearsals. Mm -hmm. Until you know that you're tight and you're great at what you're doing, like. You could write the greatest songs in the world, but if you're if you're just not executing, yeah. that's where Dalton and I really like became best friends when it comes to writing and performing music and how we kind of look at bands and judge them and wh why him and I are usually in sync when we see a live band and we're like, are they good or not? One of us will be like, nah, and the other will be like, right on. And we're almost always on the same wavelength on that because 
it's like, yeah, it's we call it just straight up execution. Like you can have the greatest idea in the world. You can write the greatest song. You can't fucking execute that shit. Sounds like shit or it's sloppy or like if dudes are really awkward to look at too. That's the other fucking shitty thing. Like I get made fun of. This is a hard truth I oh, have snap. to look at. What's the band's name? I'm about to get made fun of super hard for how I look and move on stage with a guitar. I've never gotten that on any instrument. You know, I looked cool as a drummer. I was charismatic as a lead singer. But, dude, I'm telling you, I already know because my buddies laugh at me when I put on the guitar. They're like, you look like the nerdy kid from high school. And it's unanimous, bro, for 15 years. Every time I put on the guitar and I'm standing in a room, they're like, dude, you look hilarious. Like, like, dude, you got to stand a different way. I'm literally picturing the, <laughs> the, like the YouTube video of like the 10 greatest drum intros of all time and their guitar players coming up and he looks like an actual bat. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, this is an old school, like this is old school rock. So like 70s, 80s, I just cannot think. Of like the- you look cool. You look fine. I haven't seen you perform on stage. Yeah. But like I used to give my old bass player shit about it because he wouldn't bend his knees. Oh, he so would just like, lock up? Yeah, so Ooh. so he'd be like banging. He'd be like headbanging and shit, but it just looked really awkward. And I'd be like, bro, you got to fucking bend your knees or do something, man. I was watching the video, dude. Look at this. It looks And he'd get offended. He'd be like, fuck you, dude. And then like a month later, he'd see another video. another, And then all of a sudden, he's like, fuck, dude, you're right. I do got to bend my knees. He's like, I didn't even really realize what I was doing. And when I thought you pointed it out, I thought you were just being a dick. <laughs> he's like, he's like, but dude, no, you're totally right. He's like, you're fucking totally right. Holy shit. And I don't know if he ever did it because the band broke up right after that. But um, yeah, it's just like you got to constantly be looking at that shit. And this is how my mind works. Yeah. Like I'm constantly looking at everything I'm doing and judging it way harsher than anybody could ever say. So I'm already mentally pre- prepared for it all mm-hmm. because you got to have thick skin in the entertainment business. I don't care if you're a comp comedian, a podcaster, a musician. You better have some thick fucking skin, man, because the yeah. bigger you get, the more haters you have, and you'll get 10 haters for every one supporter. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, and it's fucking brutal if you don't know what it's coming. So I, I mentally prepare myself for that. Oh, this is fucking trash. This is sloppy. This needs to be better. This needs to be tighter. You know, this part of the song, it's just like frill. Why am I doing that there? Is that is that making my song better? And I'm just so fucking in. Then when I send it to oh, bro, the list used to be, like you said, like 100 deep. Send it to everybody. Now it's like six deep. And when I when one of them sends back, sounds good. I'm like, yeah, thanks. That's real helpful. The other five of them, it's because I'll get like six paragraphs back. Like these vocals, they're rushing the beat. Like I don't know what he's doing with his timing, but listen to it. Like he needs to like work it. Like the rhythm's fine. The words are fine. Everything's fine, but he's rushing the beat. Listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I'll have to go back and I'll be like, fuck, he is. How did I not notice that? Fuck. No, I get It's the fresh ears. Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah. I got and you. I'm just saying you need that. You need that so much. And I think I think we, we all need more of those people in our lives. That's what I'm really getting at. There's too many people when you're at our level. Yeah, sounds good, dude. Oh, you guys were great. It's like, no, we weren't fucking great. Like, I broke a string. He dropped his fucking drumstick. Dude forgot the lyrics. <laughs> I got like, you. Dude's wireless went out. The bass player's wireless went out, and he was missing for an entire song. Don't tell me we were great. That was an actual travesty, what we just did tonight. Thank you, by the way, for paying $5 and coming to see my live band. Because <laughs> that's the real point is like people pay us for this, and you need to respect that. That's why the, the perfectionists in both of us, when we're like... <laughs> This was off. This is I hit the wrong note, or this is like sloppy. This word came out. Well, you guys need to listen to Adam more. He's trying to make you a better band. Okay, on that, 
<laughs> I, 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 I don't want. I'm not kissing your ass because you're in front of I know, me either. I know. You're making a lot of sense. And, and I just don't want to discourage them, so I have to frame it in a different way. Because I can, I can take this. Like you're being direct, like how you said no, and then like wait, but there's other type, there's other stuff in there. Instead of just being the chip on my shoulder saying fuck you, you like right. you're just being a dick. No, instead of that, okay. And maybe it was being a dick about it. I apologize if I no, was. it's all good, bud. But no, bud. I, <laughs> I ha- I don't ever want them to feel discouraged, so I have to frame it in ways of so I can build them up, lift them up, because I'm pretty sure a lot of them are just, a lot of my guys have been like, been told the same thing, like, you you sound good. I'm like, I want to nurture them and lift them up, but at the same time, help them become, get better. I just, I know there's a way to not being blunt and hurting feelings. There's, it's more work, which I don't have a problem with. That's like the the coaching aspect of things, you know, like the the fucking, uh, they, they say Phil Jackson, the the biggest thing he did is he was an ego manager. So he knew how to tell one guy that you're being Phil a little bitch. Are you talking about the coach of the Bulls? Yeah. yeah, And the, I and the Lakers. I am so happy that you said that. Yeah, they say that's that that was his biggest skill because he, he knew how to tell one player, hey, you're being a little bitch right now. Man up and fucking go out there and kill somebody. And then the next guy, he would go, listen, man, you got this, bro. I believe in you. And that's like understanding how to shift who you're talking to and some guys need that fucking tough love even when they're the second guy where oh, hey man listen i believe in you i got you that's fine but that's called a pick-me-up right so that's like what your assistant coach will do because sometimes the owner's got to come in the room and be like you're all getting fucking fired unless you win tonight you're all fucking worthless and i will replace every one of you including the coach i would and give you, you got to pick each other up in that scenario i would give you my entire music collection if he if they said that to Michael Jordan, I guarantee they would not say that to him because he already had that drive. Because I've I binge and I cannot stress this enough. I binge. No, the, Michael Jordan is the one that said it. Yeah, he's the one that said, "Get the fuck out of here if you don't want to be as if good you don't want to play." He literally play hard, said, "Go home if you don't want to. We don't need as, you here. If you don't want to try to be as good as me, if you don't want to work as hard as me, get the fuck out of here." Yeah. You're all worthless, and you're all replaceable. That's the owner didn't have to walk in and say that because Michael Jordan said it himself. He wasn't necessarily a great person. No, no, no. He was a great but teammate, he was highly successful. But he was he was a great teammate. But a per, like when it came to the sport of basketball with Michael, because I I binge I've been binging for the like last like six months to a year of that docu series, The Last Dance. Like because I know that like through and through because it's such a great series. He had the drive to be the best that drive of being the best you 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 can't be the best at music because everyone's going to have a different opinion i want to be the best that i can push myself to be by playing this instrument by screaming by singing by playing the guitar right i, I want to push especially my, if you're talking fans yeah it's yeah. too subjective is where you will find out like who's the best is when you start talking to other musicians literally tell me the greatest movie of all time Single greatest movie of all time. You can't. No, but if you talk to filmmakers, then you'll start getting into some like because they'll start breaking. Oh, they'll start the breaking tec- that shit down. The technicalities of this film shot yeah. of like yeah. how this. Like, oh man, yeah, it, that kind of shit. And like what it did, <laughs> Doc, and, and like what talking it, to you, and what it did for film. You know yeah. that kind of significant level shit. Because I just heard Rogan talking about this with Segura. That's the one podcast of Rogan's I listened to. Um, in the last like three months because I'm just such a big Segura fan. And this is exact. So when fans talk about who's the GOAT, right, they were bringing up boxing. 
in MMA, you're going to listen, you're going to hear a million answers. Completely subjective. Same thing if you listen to who's the greatest uh, band of all time guitar player. If you listen to fans, you're going to get a million answers. Yeah. It's all subjective. But when you start talking to other guitar players, and all guitar players say Eddie Van Halen or Jimi Hendrix, probably a pretty good fucking bet that it's one of those two. You see what I'm getting at? Eddie because Van those Halen, are the Jimi guys. Hendrix. What about Jimmy Page or Robert Plant? Uh, Robert Plant's singer. It's a singer for Led Zeppelin. Who are you thinking? I mean, he did play guitar, but he's not very good. He's just huh. like, he's just a singer who like played rhythm guitar while Jimmy huh. and Jimmy. Here's the thing: Jimmy is probably Jimmy Page is probably one of the most prolific songwriters of all time. But when it comes to straight up chops and shred, no, he's not that great okay. of a guitar player. That's fair. So I rarely hear Jimmy Page brought up um, by other guitar players, mm-hmm. but you often hear him brought up by fans. So, and I'm again, th- and not saying I'm right, but you will get a much less subjective answer when you ask other professionals in their industry who's the goat. But you're right when you ask when you ask a fan when you ask movie watchers what's the greatest movie of all time. That list could be endless. Yeah. But go talk to filmmakers, especially the high level ones, like a Christopher Nolan, and then go talk to a fucking I don't know. Who's your other favorite director? You know what I mean? Like Tim Burton. Yeah, you're gonna Steven Spielberg. I bet you they're gonna start bringing up a shorter list, a much shorter list of names. I get like I bet you Francis Ford Coppola is gonna be Oh, one of the greatest film. I bet you those guys are going to bring up a name like that more guitar, often than a fan would. For guitar players, you got to boil it down to even further back than Jimi Hendrix. Again, this is my opinion, and this is the goat that started. I don't, I'm thinking the that started planted it. I don't know if Hendrix even listened to him, but Chuck Berry. Sure. Yeah, I know what you mean. He was the first shredder. He was the first shredder. I know. Yeah. That's where I boil it down to. Like everybody. He was maybe, also a great songwriter too. Dude. Yeah. Johnny be good. Come on. You can't tell me that if that song came on, you don't start tapping and you start. That's why I started playing guitar. I thought you started playing guitar because of Metallica. That's why I wanted to be a musician. Ah, makes more sense. But I wanted to play guitar because that scene out of back to the future. Johnny be good. I was like, God, I got to learn how to play guitar. Okay. I learned how to play that riff, that opening riff. I learned how to play the song. And as soon as I knew how to play it, I've never played it again. I got you. And I didn't learn it until I had already been playing guitar for like 10 years. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. How have I not learned how to play this riff? I learned how to play that riff. And I was like, cool. Okay. I can play that riff. And then I've never tried to play it again. <laughs> Super funny. But with. You're right, though. That that guy fucking. I, be, I guarantee. You. In fact, I think I asked you guys to look this up last time. Will you please look this up, guys? Um, who did Jimi Hendrix play in their backing band? Jimi Hendrix didn't just, he wasn't just Hendrix from the beginning. He came up as he was a musician in someone's band. He was like in their backing band. Just like a lot of those old school big time rockers did. They were in somebody else's backing band first. Will you guys please look that up? Because I'm 100% positive of this. I just can't remember who. And I asked you guys to look it up before, but But we never got it answered. Jordan and um, Phil Jackson, just that story... Though there's oh, a little Tarantino, great filmmaker. There's a little questionables that type of stuff when it comes to uh, Jordan's life, but that doc is so like when you watch it and listen to it, you're like, I gotta push myself to be better. And that's 
what it boiled down to when it comes to me. Like, I don't claim to be good or great at anything. It's just music as I, I can hold my own. That's what I usually tell people. Little Richard. I think you're right, dude. I think you're 100% correct, Greg. I think, I think he was in Little Richard's backing band. Okay. I think, I think that's fucking right, dude. That sounds right. Uh, he also says the Isley brothers, and that could be true too, because a lot of those guys were jobbers. So it would make sense that uh, Jimmy was in multiple bands. So Little Richard and the Isley Brothers, I would not be surprised if both of those are 100% correct. Thank you, Greg, especially if that's actually true. But when it comes to playing guitar and playing music, this is the one one of the most things that has pushed me to the point where like, not only do I, like just playing endlessly because it's fun, but... Now, once I've honed the craft, and now that I actually have a rig that I'm just like, I love the tone of it. It's, it's just butter. It's so the same de- rig I have, by the way. It's so delicious. Technically, I have the. Uh, it would be, if I had your version, I'd have the sixty five hundred five. Yeah. I wouldn't have the plus. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the same fucking. Rig. <laughs> One less. E. <laughs> but to be fair, I would have preferred the two because I would prefer to have two EQs. But for all intents and purposes, it's the same amp. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Like, and it's a great app. I think it's the best amp. But once buying that amp, because you know that amp is not cheap, but once buying that amp, it's, it's all right, it's I'm a, all in, let's go. It's a legitimate professional amp. Like, it's definitely not the most expensive. Like on the on the on the price scale of pro amps, it's absolutely one hundred percent on the lowest tier. Like it's a, it's a twelve hundred dollar head. Like you're not gonna get a real true pro head for less than twelve hundred bucks. They don't exist. But I'm telling you, you can go spend five, six grand on a head, and I'll put my fucking fifty one fifty next to it. Same yours is the same amp. Fifty one fifty. Dude, and those I'm are telling you those are a different beast. I will go toe to toe with anybody. They're dope. I will go toe to toe with anybody on tone mm-hmm. with that amp. No, fifty one twelve hundred bucks. Fifty one fifty, it's for people like us, he, I guess you're uh, right, though. 1200 bucks is still that we, expensive. Because I remember thinking about that head like, fuck, 1200 bucks, And I never bought a $1,200 5150. I found a used one for 500 bucks. Yeah, the 5150 was originally built by Eddie Van Halen, yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. designed. Or, well, or, yeah. But what, what do we mean by built? Like He came up with the idea. It was He basically got a signature deal, and he made them make it sound a certain way. Yeah. The fifty one fifty that was Eddie Van Halen's type thing before he went to it's like Bill Burr's joke. He wasn't in there soldering. Maybe he was though, because he actually did build the Frankenstein. He actually did tinker with his own amp. Maybe he fucking did. It's Maybe possible. He built the first fifty one fifty, and then PV just literally remanufactured it. Yeah. I do not know the answer to that question. That's fair. Maybe he really fucking did. But I, I have I. T- Okay, I'm not trying to knock the brand or knock the the because of people. It's a popular amp for a reason, but I didn't want to go with a Marshall. Everybody at the bands that I saw always played a Marshall. Another reason why, again, I'm not trying to knock everyone running with a Gibson. I'm like, I just, I I don't want to go on the popular side of it just because everybody's doing it. Like it took a long That's time. It took a that. long time for me to find. That's the, why a lot of guys won't go with the 5150. But it sounds so dope. I get it, man. Like 50, I'm with you, dude. I'm not arguing with 50, you. Fifty-one fifty is the perfect amp for hard rock, metal, metalcore. Right just any. It's so dope, and it's, yeah, it's so great. My buddy, I've argued with people for the longest time. The fifty-one fifty 
is the most versatile guitar amp out there and people are like you are wrong it's a high gain gain amp it's made for metal and i'm like yeah dude but i'm telling you i can dial that fucker in yeah to sound almost any way i want outside of like solid state amps where you're just not going to recreate that tone that's where i started there's a couple yeah i mean we all did yeah you know that's a that's one thing like like if you would have been sitting here telling me that you could run with after the burial and you were playing on solid state amps, I would have shut the fucking podcast down. <laughs> no, that's a joke. That's a joke because Chad Hasladen from Bainhinge dialed in some of the most buttery tone on some shitty solid state Marshall amps. Still to this day, I've never heard tone like that. I've heard tone as good, but it was very unique. It was brutal. It was thick. That band yeah. was also fucking tight. That, yeah. that also helps because shitty tone in a sloppy band... Even good tone in a sloppy band doesn't sound good. You know, it's like there's something that sounds off, you know. Once the 6505 Plus was purchased and when I, I actually went, like, that's that's when my brain's like, you either go all in with this or you need to get out because, you, A, you cannot afford all of this. Like, this is, this is, this is, it's either shit of the pot or get off. Like, this is my, this is a defining moment. And once the 6505 was in, I'm like, all right. I'm going all in. I, I have to. And then that's where not necessarily the arrogance, but the confidence of like, I can, I can, I can run. I can run with this. I can, I can hold my own when it comes to that type of stuff. Again, um, not, not trying to like, I, I understand the work, the mountain, which I'm, 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 I'm absolutely like, I understand the work. I'm not afraid of the work. I'm like, oh, let's go bring it on. But I don't want, my guys to fear any type of success or fear taking shit. Fear like, is not bad though, dude. Fear triggers that fight or flight response and yeah. like and is what you need. At yeah. some point in time, you need them all to fight. Everyone has if you're gonna make it in the entertainment business, you have to fight. So at some point in time, fear is the only way that instinct is gonna kick in. You're not yeah. gonna train fighters and avoid their fear instinct. It's just never gonna happen. Like yeah. it's just not. So, like, you got to battle harden yourselves, too. And that's why we keep saying pay the dues. Yep. Put in the work. Like, like that gives your you teeth. the experience where you're yeah. ready for the fight. That no matter how many conversations you have, no matter how good of a listener you are, no matter how many famous friends you have, you'll never understand it until you fucking do it and you've been humiliated. Shit's gone wrong. Fucking shit's gone right. You have some success. You have some failures. And you'll never... It goes back to what I was saying. You won't ever get to the top of the mountain until you failed multiple times on the way there. What's your version of the top of the mountain? Whatever your proverbial top is, whatever your goal is, wherever you're trying to get to. But then know? there's another mountain after that. Because if you just if you choose if, to do so, oh, dude, why would you not? I mean, if people, you achieve that goal, that mountain, like there's another mountain. I'm going after it. Like know. there's another goal. I don't, dude. Khabib did it. Khabib literally climbed the top of his mountain, won, and then said "fuck you" and walked away Personally, from the UFC. Personally, I think he's the goat. Hard to argue. You know? That kid, I I followed his story. And I, Rogan talked about like what he. Joey Diaz is how I found out about him because Joey Diaz was on the Khabib tip, tip. He couldn't even say his name fucking properly, but he knew about him for like two years and was just screaming about him on every fucking podcast they do. Khabib, 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 dude. I've watched majority of his fights. My favorite fight uh, of his was Conor McGregor because they, Conor McGregor, best shit talker, period. 
when it comes to that type of shit. He he's he just he is. I think he's I think it's got to be him and Ali. And the only reason I would say Connor's better than Ali is because of the time. Like like it's almost okay. like it's almost like Ali's shit talking. It's like um it's like old comedy. It just doesn't hold up. You know? Yeah, okay, I could see that. Like it's just it's not that it wasn't good. It just it doesn't it's not but, all timeless. But also it's it's really difficult to compare fighters in that because you're also taking but out We're just talking about shit talking, right? Like just straight up shit talking. Yeah, because I think you're right. I think Connor's the greatest shit talker of all time. And the only reason I'll give him the nod over Ali is just because I'm from this era. Okay. You know what I mean? Because like you listen to Ali talk you're shit. Like two, three years older than me. <laughs> right, but neither <laughs> but neither one of us are from Ali's era. No. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, like yeah. when I listen to Ali talk shit, it's like, yeah, it's cool, but it like it all rhymes and it's kind of cheesy and it's like but back it was the then, time. but back, back yeah, then, back then it was so the time. Like, that's the only reason I would say Connor's absolutely the greatest. But I still think I have to agree. It's just because Ali it, that it just his shit talking isn't aging very well. You know, like that's fair. like who's that first comedian everyone gives credit to? Um, first comedian? Yeah, my wife even called me out because I didn't bring up his name, Lenny Bruce. Okay, like Lenny Bruce, he's the first great comedian. But listen to Ooh. Lenny Bruce. It doesn't hold up to 2020. Okay. I'm gonna, I can't relate to it. I'm going to poke the bear a little bit. Just, just a little bit. You know bit. what I'm saying, though? Yeah, I know what you're saying. But I'm going to poke the bear a little bit with you. You you take Anthony Jeselnik. I, I, I will absolutely. Oh, he's so good. He's funny. But if you have, if you heard of him, I will, I will, that's dope. But I want you to try Anthony Jeselnik, Daniel Sloss. Oh, I've heard of Daniel Sloss. He. I, I same vibe like the dark humor shit. But, but, oh, did you just develop a stutter? I did because <laughs> his his comedy is not only insightful, it makes you seriously think, but not only it is dark, yes, but how he delivers his jokes. Like I seriously want you know roast battle? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Fuck yeah, Jeff yeah. Ross. Love it. Dude. I'm still on the fence with Dude, Ross. You know, I'm still you know on the why, fence with him. Do you know why I love Roast Battle, though? It's for the bad jokes. It's for the ones that don't land. It's for the... Really? It, yeah, because it's like... Think about it, right? So I'm fascinated with comedy, like like com- comedians are with music, because we don't really get to see it happen. So by the time I see most people's comedy, they've already fucked it up a million times and made it good. Mm-hmm. But at a roast battle, they don't have a lot of time to write these jokes, and some of them are improv on the spot. Yeah. And so when a joke doesn't land in that type of environment, it's like, oh, you actually get to kind of see how the fucking how the uh, how the beef is made. You know, you kind of get to see like, oh, so that's like when you see what isn't funny, it's almost like you pull the curtain back and you can kind of see what made the other guy so funny or. That previous joke was so funny because this worked and this worked and this worked and here's where you fucked up this joke and it just it's so good because it's the closest thing to like um like improv comedy is so polished or it's really bad right but you'll go see a band you'll go see a great band every once in a while just fuck up a song you're like oh shit they're like they're like human they're human beings like yeah. like I one of my favorite bands. Uh, regularly, like once every two years, they'd get together and they haven't rehearsed for like two months and they'd get together and do a show and they'd rehearse once before the show and just 
prolific level musicians. They had no rehearsal time with each other. Mm-hmm. And and they would fuck up a song like 30 seconds in. They'd stop, look at each other and be like, all right, I guess that's what happens when you don't rehearse for two fucking months. Uh, let's just take it from the top, boys. And they just hit it again and just crush because they're that good. Yeah. But even they would fuck up and... It's just, I don't know, it's so cool. And that's what I love about that roast battle is when the jokes don't land and you're like, oh shit, dude. That's how I discovered Jimmy Carr. (laughs) That's how I discovered Jimmy (laughs) Carr. I to this day, I don't (laughs) this again, I I love his laugh. I can't do his laugh. He (laughs) breathes in, (laughs) but it's a it's an inward (laughs) breathing. (laughs) I love it. It makes me smile like Again, this is just my opinion. I'm pretty sure you'll probably like throw a bunch of comedians at me that could probably go. But honestly, toe to toe for like roast jokes, I don't know if anybody can keep up with Jimmy because he's so polished. He's pretty fucking savage too. You want my comeback? You're gonna have to scrape it off your mom's teeth. I still think he had the greatest, the greatest joke I have yet. That one's I, pretty good. No, no, the greatest joke he ever said that has never been beaten yet. In my, in my opinion. It has never been beaten. You know Pete Davidson? Yeah. He's like, this was the roast of Rob Lowe. Mm. And Jimmy Carr was like, Pete Davidson's here. I can't fathom. I cannot believe people would make jokes about his heroic heroic father that served in 9-11. This is not the roast of Pete Davidson's father. That was in 2001. (laughs) I heard that joke. I died laughing. I could... I, I... I've never heard a joke that could beat that joke yet. It was so perfect. The timing, the delivery, and everything was just straight up polished. I'm like, okay, okay. That would it like is what I don't like about the roasts though, is like they have some certain savage comedians that are on like every one for three years and then they're never on another one. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. The guest gets R. to I. pick P. the Ralph dais. You know? The, well, yeah, I mean, he's dead. But, like, Lisa Lampanelli, she was a beast. She was a beast. Oh, forget her. And I'm just talking about roasters. I'm not talking yeah, about, yeah, like, yeah, all-time yeah. comedians. No, I'm trying to like, think of, like, the... I, I know she was on the Donald Trump roast. That was pretty... That was... Real, no! That was Charlie Sheen. I always like uh, Martha Stewart whenever she shows up. She crushes. Martha Stewart was completely hitting on Justin Bieber. Like she was cougar out for the hunt. She was ready to go and she was looking at him and it was so great. I actually liked the Donald Trump roast too. That was really good. Dude, Snoop Dogg had one of the best jokes on that roast. Is he talking about kicking black people out of the white house? That's not the first time you kicked a black family out of their house. That's what it was. Yep. Yeah. But close second when it comes to, you actually mentioned it last week with Bill Burr. We like our beer. Like we like our violence domestic yeah dude that that is bill burr's favorite joke of all time because it's a perfect joke and it and it wasn't it wasn't even something he heard a comedian say waitress got fired for writing that and the manager or on a on a receipt that and it made it online that's where and he's just like you can't fire that that is that's too well written of a joke the perfect joke you know she didn't write it like that's something that has been going on somebody somebody's grandpa used to say that like you know what i mean like yeah it's one of those things like god that's just so fucking stupid no the fact that you had the, who would be on the mount rushmore 
for for comedians. I was like, this has turned into a thing that's gone on all week. By the way, good lord, the, the, I, the amount of text messages I got with people yeah. telling me, I can't believe you forgot about this guy or that guy or this woman or this person. People telling me their versions. Here's my current. Here's my all time. Is I show great. I show respect to Mitch. Y'all gotta quit doing this shit on my text messages. Y'all gotta start doing this shit on social media. So if I can, I show respect to Mitch Head 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 Hedberg Hedberg. Yeah. Because yeah. my wife is the one that introduced me to it, and I literally heard his timing, and I'm like, "Babe, th- this is not my guy. I'm sorry." But she loves him to death. Yeah, he. Uh, you gotta get. You gotta like. You have to deal with it. Like it's like hearing a new band where the singer's really annoying at first, and then like a couple years later, that's your favorite band. I heard that about System of a Down. I hear that about Coheed and Cambria. You hear that about a lot of things. His timing and cadence, you have to be brought down to his level. So, like, you won't laugh for the first. Like, when I was introduced, I listened to an entire special and didn't laugh. A year later, somebody played me the same special, and halfway through it, one of the fucking jokes just had me dying. Like, and I don't remember which one it was, but as soon as, as soon as that first joke got me, it was like, now I get it. Okay. Like it wasn't that I don't like him or his style. It was I didn't get it yet. It's like, oh god, I don't. Yeah, no, I got you. It's an acquired taste. Yeah, and it'll take time. There will be a day when when the Mitch Hedberg jokes, not only one of them lands, but they all start landing, and you're gonna be like, fuck, dude, everyone was right. I I just takes time. There there's deadpan humor. I would put Mitch in the deadpan humor. A little bit, because how his demeanor is, he doesn't really change. Is is just is just one okay. facial that's expression. Definitely, on. I think I think that's his delivery for sure. And then I think the style is observational. Yeah, the I don't really get into. It's like deadpan Jerry Seinfeld. That's another thing. I I never got into Seinfeld. I can't stand Seinfeld. But the wife uh, introduced me to a comedian called Nate Bragazzi. He was actually on Rogan's podcast like a few months ago. Yeah. But he came out with his, he came out with his next special and it was. I used to do I, drugs. I still do. But I, I used to too. <laughs> I just. Yeah, I just. I, it's, not, it's not for me, which is, which is completely fine. It's totally fine. It's just. I got certain. I got. <laughs> I got my hair highlighted because I thought certain strands were more important than the others. <laughs> Oh, Jared. Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> it's okay. You'll, you'll get it when you grow up. Oh, Jesus Christ. Help me now, Father. You'll get it when you're older. Oh, man. Uh, let's, let's dive into some of these questions. i got to wrap this up soon. We've already gone over two hours. Uh, let's see here. Um, I don't think there's actually questions, questions. Uh, you guys got some new music coming out? Is that right? You guys, I saw something in chat. You guys are working on some new stuff. Uh, one of your guitar players was talking about it. He said he'll leave you to actually say it. No, seriously, I'm not making this up. No, I, I, I got to go way back up for it. I meant to get to it, but we were talking about some shit. So, I <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah, here it is. Uh, fuck. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> thank you guys for hanging out with us in the chat. There's so many comments in here. Holy shit. There's probably a record. Probably set a record. You're welcome. No, for, for <laughs> I'm <comments>. just kidding. <laughs> Jared yells at the TV during Vikings games. Not anymore, uh, but I definitely used to. I definitely was that guy, but not anymore. Ever. Now I just kind of chuckle, but I do make predictions while I'm watching the game. Like, 
I'll break that shit down in real time like I'm, a, like I'm an actual analyst. I can't find it, dude. It's way up there. No, it's There's a lot of comments in here. No, but yeah, no, so okay. anyways, you guys got some new music we got, we got new coming material. out soon? Uh, the because what, what well the, what I want to do is um I want to get this stuff tight before I even remotely jump into or like that type of like hey we should get this recorded because Will from fourteen fifty nine studios is doing like a live he did yeah. it with Krog he did it with like a yep. bunch of other yeah shout out to Will dude represent like that's what I want like that's what I want to do I want to take three of the songs that I know it's our like new material hard hitting songs because these suckers are. There, there are bangers like straight up, and the breakdowns of it, I am extremely proud of how they came out. I want to get those super tight. Contact Will and be like, I believe we're ready to get the sucker recorded. Have you done a pre-production yet? With, Elves? with, with what? With the music. No. You should record it yourselves once, like shittily on purpose, like just record it. Like it doesn't have to sound good. You're not going for fidelity. You're not going to play it for anybody. You're not. You're gonna looking share for it. holes. Um, well, you just want to hear the actual finished songs recorded front sure. to back. Sure. Whether okay. you're looking for holes or not, it's just a really smart step along the process. You should always do a pre-production demo before you actually go to the studio. Where that would be, I imagine Will is who you're going to go to for that. Where you're going to actually record it, record it. Where you'd press it and put it online and sell it. There should be a step before that. And you can even do a pre-production with Will, but sometimes they're sometimes they're even done just like basically live. Yeah, so you get like a Will's 16 doing. channel mixer, you fucking mic up. No, not the not the video thing. A pre-production demo. So like okay. sometimes you'll even just have a guy come to your rehearsal space, mic up the drum set, mic up the cabs, give your fucking singer and just record the songs. Okay. We just want to hear them from front to back on record. Um, and it's, you don't have to have a motive to what you're looking for, but it's just a really smart thing. Cause you might, you might hear a part and go, what the fuck? I got you. And okay. it might be somebody else in the band who goes, oh my God. Oh my God. What am I playing there? I got you. <laughs> like, you know, that's one of the business cards I actually gave you. Cause I actually started a, well, it was literally just a recording studio for, for us. Yeah. What is it? Origins 3223 Studios. Okay. What's with the numbers in the bands, guys? Or the numbers what? in the studios lately? What? So there's 3223 Studios. That's you. Origin 3223. Will's got 1459. What's with the what's with the absurd time signature? What what is the, what do you call that? A time? Will's is this is your 15 minutes of fame. 1459. Okay. That's that. I mean, that makes sense. Mine is really cheesy and really it's just... It's 14 minutes and 59 seconds. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Because I thought it was like, like, was it like just before 3 o'clock? <laughs> That's what I... When I read 1429, I went military no, it time actually, on it. It clicked in my head for a moment because I'm just like, 1459. I'm like, and then someone... I was either listening to Joe Rogan on his podcast or he's just like, your 15 minutes of fame are up. I'm like, oh... Yours are mirrored? N no. 3223... 3223 of origin origin is like what's what's the origin of numbers it's literally numbers it's actually a it's a bible verse actually it was oh from numbers gotcha. 3223 instead, gotcha. instead of calling my studio numbers 3220 i'm like what's a better word for numbers and like origin where do the origins of this come from right oh but yeah i, I literally created and Justin actually helped me out a lot with all that stuff. Like, no joke. Shout out, Justin. Thank you so much. Like, for real. You have a website yet? I have a uh, Facebook. Facebook.com slash origin32.23studios. So, 
because and what are you doing with this? What am I you doing? recording projects with this? If people wanted to try, because I, my only spot stuff with it is recording and partially mixing mastering is this is what I wanted to talk to Will with because, uh, when he was switching up his, his spot from the old studio to the new studio, he, I wanted to apprentice with him so I can learn how to do all this. And he's like, I don't like doing death core. I don't like doing metal core. And I'm like, Oh, so I can do that because I like death core. I like metal core a lot. And yeah, I he's can, probably just burnt out on it. That's probably true too. So this is like a type of product. I mean, maybe he just doesn't like the style of music, but he's probably just burnt out on it. Cause in this town, there's just so many so of many. those bands for so long. And so, with this, uh, with my recording studio now, this was is this was kind of like sending Will my resume, saying, "I recorded this, I mixed it, I need help mastering it. Would you want to help mastering?" And of course, I know I would. I I, I pay him because I do I do want to support local. I do want like i do want to support mr john wheeler <laughs> sorry man they're dropping these bomb ass mitch edberg jokes yeah, rice is great when you're hungry and you want to eat two thousand of something <laughs> they're such stupid jokes that's why they're so great they're almost like dad jokes <coughs> but this like was kind of just, like sent- no it's all good God this damn, is like that's funny kind of sending to will my resume of actually like this is what i can do and this is what i these is the project that i want to do so i want to support locally and and support justin especially with the work that he did i want to support justin boney is yeah. that who you're talking about yeah he's the one well, that shout helped. out to narwhal studios dude um, he's the one that designed that and that's why i'm like yep you your talent is, deserves to get paid for that and so i'm just trying to do all that and i'm yeah i still gotta fucking pay him for I'm just, not this one. I'm trying. One. I'm letting my guys go at their their pace with this because uh, as of right now, Twin Town Tyrant Records. That's what they're on. That's what we're on. It was a verbal. I, I don't want to call it a contract, but it was this verbal agreement that we're going to be displayed through him, and I, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want to be any type of like disrespecting anybody so that's why i'm just oh shit here it comes why would i do you're gonna step on some toes oh yeah that's what i don't want to do but you're about to i'm letting my guys decide at their own pace if they don't want to go with origins that's fine oh gotcha if if they don't want to that's fine but it's at at least like it's an option and like how you said like you should just record yourselves like yeah just do pre-production because because like and this is highly debatable, but I think there's a lot of wisdom behind this because the people that I think know more than me about re- production and like re- actually recording albums, this is stuff that they subscribe to. It's not a very good idea to even mix, let alone master your album. Get the fresh ears like you kind of mentioned earlier. But when you're doing a pre-production, yeah, you can totally do that shit on your own. There's an entire riff of mine. I dropped down an entire octave because it is a badass little part I wrote. It is still a badass little standard? part. You play in standard? No. I play in drop C. So you dropped it a full octave? Yeah. So it's like this. You it's like drop A standard? No, not the tuning, dude. The riff. So I was playing this riff way up in the top register, okay. right? On the okay. top three strings above okay. the 12th fret. And it's an amazing little diddly. 
But after hearing the pre-production demo, I was like, that's annoying. <clears throat> so sure. I literally had to switch strings. Okay. Not even, not even just switch octaves, but also switch strings. So I had to rearrange okay. my positioning and my expression so I could hit thicker, warmer strings at okay. a lower octave because the, the riff's identical. Technically, the notes are identical, mm -hmm. but the, I had to drop the frequency, the octave, because it was fucking annoying, and I would have never heard that. I would have went into the studio and put that shit out to the world with an annoying guitar riff that I can't even listen to. Gotcha. So it was just like, and I didn't know I was looking for that. It just happened when you listen to the pre-production demo. No, because like what you said about recording on it, just like for your pre-production demo, that makes sense because literally Man, when you said fun. when you said a sixteen board, dude, that's my drummer has. I have to have 12, 11 mics just to have his entire drums mic'd up. You should probably simplify that. <laughs> no, dude, he what he can do on them is it's 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 really dope. It's really inspiring and really like, but everything. So when you like when you have this entire setup for your podcast, like just like I like, dude, like. This happened, then this happened. Like, dude, that was exactly what it was like starting a recording studio. It's just once this 6505 was purchased. Sanders for the win. I'm sorry, dude. I, I, it just, it's, I don't know if it's going to stop either. You want, you a, want frozen a frozen banana? No, but I want a regular banana later. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're even starting to smile now. Like, eventually you're going to crack, dude, and one of these is going to get you. And okay. None of them will probably land as long as I'm the one delivering them because you got to go get his delivery. Every single one of these. We're all laughing because we hear him in our I heads. know. Once you say the comedian's joke, you hear his voice say, no, I got it. It's all good. Jeremy mentioned one of my favorites on the last podcast. I was walking by a wino eating a grape. I said, man, you have to wait. <laughs> dude. I don't, dude, if you don't get on the Mitch Hedberg train, I'm not sure we can be friends. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> well played, dude. Well played. But no, because with the with the rec starting recording, like I don't know how will because the it's just an endless, endless, annoying thing. So when it comes to that, I I totally get that. So when you say work, like I I got the work ethic. I'm ready to go with that. Yep. It's just now with the studio. Now we can record our own stuff. Do that. Uh, the pre production. Yeah, just I think do it. It's fun, dude. Yeah, it's I fun. like that idea. But I also wanted to take it to Will because then we can get three songs mixed and mastered by him and saying this is some of the new stuff. And I learned that my guys want to do uh, some EPs. Do you record your rehearsals? I know you don't get together very often, but when you do, do you record them? Uh, not through the interface of that type of stuff, but if uh, my guitar player, Jace, uh, he actually put up his phone, and I'm like, it's something. That's something, yeah. Yeah, it's something, and he's like- Yeah, because every once in a while, like especially if you do any jamming or your songwriting or something, yeah. you'll end up with a little nugget or two in there, something no, you no, missed. No, no, he came up with a nugget, and I literally just heard the whole song structure of it, and I- formed it into this little piece that he put it on the band's Facebook and so far everyone's been giving a thumbs up and I'm like okay we're on to something so just just I still feel like there's there needs to be somewhat of a either four measure or eight measure of a solo and I want to, I want to do that with Jace like cuz I want that kid to shine cuz when you say shredding and canoodling I'm like I my Jace he canoodles but he also comes up when he's canoodling he's working stuff out and I'm like you remember how to play that? No. I'm like, bollocks. Because he Yeah, there's a weird balance this kid between can the noodling shred. between the noodling and the like so the way I describe it is like 
you can go like ingve, right? That's the noodling, right? And then there's like the shred, which is what I refer to when you get into like Kirk Hammett, Dave Mustaine, classic, classic 80s metal solos, right? And then you get into like the, the other one that I call the David Gilmore style, like the Pink Floyd where it's like, I'm going to play this one note and I'm going to bend it and I'm going to make your fucking, your dick leak. Like, that's how good it is. Like, you're going to get a little hard. <laughs> like, that's how good this this one note is while I'm bending it over this song. That's David Gilmore. Yeah. And that's kind of how I break down lead guitar players into three categories. They're either noodlers, like the Ingves, and I can't fucking stand noodlers. And then there's the Shred, which is like that classic 80s. They can, they can, they can do all the flash but it always sounds great. Like all the notes are in the right places. Like there's not a bunch of weird shit in there. Just like, it's not about his ego. He's just writing badass solos, right? Almost like they write themselves. And then you've got the David Gilmore guys. I always just to simplify it in my brain, I put everybody into one of those three categories and you can like, obviously be on a meter somewhere in between. And I know a couple guys that can do all of it. Sure. Fucking like, why do I even play guitar when there's guys like that out there? Fucking ridiculous. Cause I, have a different type of style and I have a different way of thinking. The reason I do, I play guitar is because they won't be in my band. So I have to write my own riffs. (laughs) Like, yeah, there's guys like that out there, but they're not in my band. So I got to do it. (laughs) No, that was literally like, that was literally my mentality when I was like, I'm not in a band, so I had to learn everything. No, I get, I get that mentality. I totally get it because with my album, I did that. And so I'm like, okay. But knowing everything not only helps with timing, but it also helps with, where you can put breakdowns, where you can put solos. It makes you a better songwriter. But I don't like the jack of all trades, master of none. And I'm like, Yeah, oh. I feel that's me in a nutshell. And then when you're not on when you're not on your game, when I'm having a bad day, then I'm just a hack of all trades. Because I'm not a master of anything. Right. So like I'm a jack of everything until it's a bad day and then I'm just a fucking hack. And everything I'm doing sucks. I've had those days where it's like I'm trying to write music and you know, I'm working on this riff and I just can't seem to get anything done. I'm like, fuck it. Let me shift gears. You know, let me play this all back and I'll go jump on the drum kit and see if I can write something over there. And maybe, mm-hmm. nope, I can't even play the parts right. I'm just like, I'm a hack that day, you know. I always blame myself for not rehearsing enough when those come up. Like, oh, this is just my rush showing up. You know, whether it's me physically getting older and getting out of shape or it's I'm my my brain, the muscle side of it, you know, the, the actual, but yeah, banging off rust. I mean, that's just the, the best way to say it, you know. I can't bang off rust. I play too much. I play twice, three times, four times a week. You know, you'll be like playing a video game or watching a TV show or all of a sudden you'll be watching a movie and you're like, I have to go play. I got some, I got something brewing you in You don't there. play guitar every day? I, what, what? You don't play guitar every day? Every other day. I play every other day. Well, no, that's not true. I'm weird. I'm streaky. Really? You don't say. I'm streaky when it comes to that shit. So like Dalton, Dalton's a play every day. Like I guarantee you there's not a single day where Dalton doesn't play his guitar. Okay. But maybe if he's like away from his guitar, like on a vacation or something like that, right? I just guarantee, I can almost guarantee you there's very few periods of, of a guy like that. He's on that level. I'm super streaky. So like I will play guitar 
for four to six, eight hours a day, every single day for like nine months to a year while I'm writing music. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm not playing shows, I'll turn around and do that with the drums. Yeah. But then if I'm not playing shows, I'll just eventually like, okay, I'm done writing music. And then I just stop and I won't touch my guitar for six months until I get inspired and I start writing music again. But then it's eight hours a day mm-hmm. until I've written everything that I have to offer in that period of my life. That's what I mean by streaky. So I'll go, I like I, very, uh, very binge mentality, very um, obsessed. No, I got you. Attic. Yeah, yeah. Addict, like a like a drug addict. Like I fucking yeah. once I fall off the wagon, I'm going on a bender. Oh, I'm surprised. I just I just don't have drug abuse problems like that. Oh, I'm but, surprised that you actually uh, talk to me because I'm like I don't because like if I if you don't do something, I can't I can't trust you. Like because that's where you were like sometimes something anything. Oh yeah, I don't drink. You smoke, dude. This is like, <clears throat> come on, like really? Still something. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll take it. Because I'm like I don't. I don't still a vice. You're still human. It's those motherfuckers that run around like those old straight edge kids. Do you remember that? Because you're I've actually never met a true straight edge. Oh dude, they were the I, worst. I lied. I lied. I am truly sorry. I actually lied. I have met well, straight edge now is Blake from Blackbird Bridge. He's straight edge now. Dude. You want to talk about a band that's tight? Uh we were we were playing a show at I didn't even know this was a town in Minnesota, New Germany. At the Hollywood Roadhouse. Is that the town where they still all speak German? I have no idea. There's there's a town in Minnesota where they still, to this day, everyone speaks fluent German. Like, they all speak like, fluent English, someone too. Asked but, to, uh, someone has to, like, look up that. I think that is. It's but, either um, Little Germany or New Germany. It was uh, New Germany at the Hollywood Roadhouse. Opening was Castor Valor, an 80s vibe massively 80s like somebody i know loves that band caster valor not my cup of tea but they they put on a great show someone i know loves that band yeah like they put on a great show like i'm not i'm not into 80s and that type of style i'm like you know whatever they they dressed they did everything balls to the walls shout out to doc he said it best i don't trust anybody who's never done drugs they're definitely cops i promise you cop (laughs) do i look like a fucking cop (laughs) Sort of like a hipster cop. Dear Lord, <laughs> my background does not even remotely that even me justify with that. No, but. there's very few people in this world that I know that have never done any drugs or drank alcohol at all that I actually trust. Okay, very few people. I just have you never drank done drugs or done uh, alcohol. Alcohol, I've only been hammered. I can count on one hand because I don't like it. Even I just I just don't like it. But I, like, have you had a beer? Because my buddy, let me put it this way. I'll just put it into an example. My buddy Dan Lugo uh, doesn't run a church. He's the um, the musical director. Sure. Um, I used to work with him at Guitar Center back when. But anyways, uh, he'll still to this day have a beer. He just, he isn't going to get fucked up. But like, that's, that's the shit that I'm talking about is like, oh, I won't have an I won't have a single drop of alcohol. I don't trust those fucking people because who's that big of a control freak? Like, what demons do you have that one beer is going to open the door? Like, you pedophile? 
Like, what's going on there? Like, I'm not suggesting everybody needs to get drunk or get hammered. Of course, if it's something like you just said, but I'm talking about those weirdos that are like, nope, never, ever have. Like, Donald Trump is a perfect example. Never once had a drop of alcohol or smoked pot or done any drugs at all. He's 100% sober. Do you know how much opioids he's on? Like, come on. Come on. Anyway, beer, no. I think think we need to establish we're talking about recreational drugs. Okay. Okay. So that's what now we're, that we're about. okay. More specific. I got you. I got you. That's that, yeah. No. Okay. That's recreational drugs. And because to me, it's like a sign of you're a fucking control freak. Like who needs to be in that much control all the time? What are you afraid you're gonna say if you get a little too high? Like that's the shit I'm talking about. Well, Maybe I'm both. being cynical and paranoid, bro. But that's that's the vibe I get with <laughs> somebody like that. Like I don't I, know, man. No, I'll, I'll give you both. Or, uh, or they're super religious and they'll turn around and be like, no, I think, you know, it's of the devil. And it's like, oh, God, here we go again. So I'm going yeah. to hell because I'm token up, uh, which which I can never confirm nor deny. Have I ever done ever, especially on this podcast? Anyway, uh, beer, no. It's too bitter. I don't, it's, I just, I, I like scotch on the rocks, but that's a sucker you sip. You don't down those suck. You know, it's a chill drink. Right. But I, very rare, very, very rare. Uh, high. Uh, what about mushies? Fuck all never, this bullshit. Never, never had mushrooms. Never done mushies. Don't oh. want mushrooms. Oh, there's the. Best. I saw one episode. I don't know. This is a joke. I get it. Whatever that. I saw one episode of Family Guy where Brian took some mushrooms. He goes, <laughs> "I'm gonna cut off my ear to prevent World War Three. I'm like, "Nope, that's not what nope. mushrooms do nope. to you." I don't care. Nope. Not that's, doing it. That's not what mushrooms do to you at no, all. No, but we- <laughs> weed was acid might do some shit to you. Like that, I don't though. think weed agrees with me because the last time I got on a rocket ship and I did not like this rocket ship ride because it took me to Jupiter. I was like, oh, we're going to go to California. We're like gonna, some weird weed, man. We're going to enjoy. We're going to ch- chill at the beach and just have a good time. But this one took me on a rocket ship to Jupiter and I was orbiting Jupiter. I hated Every second of it, I'm like, I hate this. I don't like this. If this is what weed does to you, I don't want to partake because I don't like it. I'm not opposed to drugs, recreational drugs, but at the same time, I'm like, I'll do research. I'll ask people that I'm like, you have experience on it. What did you feel? Do you think I should legally be allowed to do recreational drugs as an adult? When you are on the recreational drugs, are you hurting or harming anybody around you? That's not Terrorist, the question I asked. Are you, are you threatening people? If you're not causing any type of harm to anybody else, if it's just you, if you want to do recreational drugs here and it's just you, just as an adult, no, do it. Go to town. Because why, why do you love freedom so much? <laughs> if you're not, you know what I mean though, like because because I how do I, I just don't understand how like people are perfectly okay with me getting shit face drunk at home. But they're like, no, I just don't. And I'm like, so what's wrong with me smoking a joint at home? No, nah, I just don't think you should be allowed to do that. Like, why? Unless you're, you're a fucking control. You're freak. in your house. Like, it. it's no one's business when it, what you do in the privacy of your own home. Like, I mean, there's some, if, there's some crazy shit that people have done for real, for sure. I mean, people are just evil. Let's just, you know, call it up when we see it. But. If you wanted to do mushrooms, if you wanted to do acid, if you wanted to do LSD, if you're at home and you're in the safe, you know, the safety of your house, you're not a threat to your neighbor or any of your friends, then, dude, like, 
why not just it, it's your house like go right but it, yeah you, mushrooms though that cartoon is hilarious because that is nothing like what mushrooms i know are. It's, it's it's supposed to be a joke it's supposed to be like it's not only a joke but it's like hyperbole like it's not even remotely close like that's why i didn't even really laugh because it's like usually a good joke is based in some sort of truth and like that's more like what acid will do to you like i've seen i've heard some people make some crazy fucking predictions and uh connections and went on acid but on mushrooms it's so much more chill than that no i just i think i, I think everyone should be forced against their will to do mushies once a year and the world would solve all its problems. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I will. I will stand on against principle. your will. No. We're gonna. No. no. I will go down swinging. Down. I will we're break gonna, arms. I will gonna, arm bar. I will leg grab. I will do whatever I have to do to get out of that situation. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna chain you down. We're gonna mush them into a paste, <laughs> into a liquidy paste, and we're gonna fucking force that shit down your throat with one of them fucking feeding tubes, like in the hospital, and then we're just gonna let you go. Jared, who hurt you? No one. Who hurt you, bud? No one. Come on. I'm trying to make sure no one hurts anyone ever again, and we just need everyone in the world once a year to do mushrooms, and then we will solve all the problems. How about we take it one step further? Once a year, we purge. That's a little much. <laughs> Forcing someone to take all these types of drugs, but Purging, where this is one type of drugs. <laughs> this is one type of drugs in a very controlled amount. <laughs> not good, dude. Not good. No, I got all it, the answers, man. When it comes to when it comes to like any type of like that type of drugs, like I I don't want to be that nerd that's just like that just just because I have so much no, lack of experience. Joking. I know, but I if know. everyone did do mushrooms once a year, we just can't. Is what me and Kevin were joking about is you just can't allow any large groups to do them all together at the same time. So, like, you can't have the entirety of Northside doing mushrooms all at once. You have to, like, you know, it's like every 50th person or something like that. So, that way, because if you just had, like, an entire city, like, okay, New York City, May 4th, everybody do mushrooms, you would have a giant orgy in the streets. Like, you can't do that either. I'm suggesting, like, if once a year on January 6th, I did mushrooms, and then you did them on the 7th, and then... Fucking Doc did them on the 8th, and then somebody did them on the 9th, and just everybody was in some sort of rotation to where there's not a huge group of people in a park all tripping together. No. I'm I, telling that you, man. Sounds we would solve terrible. all the problems. That sounds so terrible. It's only because you've never done mushies, it's bro. It's true, but Dude, I... Dude, you this... watch Rick and Morty. I see your hat. Oh, my God. I guarantee you that guy wouldn't be able to write that TV show if it wasn't for mushies. I, I seriously think it's weed. That I does bet you'd to be him. able to. No, <laughs> LSD. I'll definitely say LSD because the, the stuff that I he, guarantee you it's both and probably some fucking peyote and some DMT. That dude's that dude. Those yeah. Two guys. Other actually. people can totally do it. Don't force me to do it. No, I already have. I'm already trying to face my demons sober. You want to like get me all. I want to get you fucked up, bro. No. I want to get you fucked up. No, I don't like it. It's because not only- If you want to confront your demons, mushrooms is the best way to do it because mushrooms will gently make you ask yourself questions you didn't know you needed to ask. Ask me. I don't know what the questions are. They're deep within your own mind and soul. And mushrooms are the, like consciously, you can't, you don't even know, you're not even aware of the questions you need to ask yourself to confront these demons. That's what mushies do for you. You just don't want to take too much. 
because you never want to forget that you're on drugs. That's the thing. The key is this. It's so simple. Make sure you always are on a low enough dose where anytime you start to get weird, you go, it's just the drugs. I'm just on drugs. I'll be fine in another hour. As long as you don't think it's real, that's what a bad trip is. That's when shit goes bad is when people do so many, so many hallucinogens, they actually think what's happening to them is real and they forget about the drugs. That's a bad trip. That's when some bad shit will happen to you. That's when motherfuckers run in traffic. That's when motherfuckers think they can fly and they jump out windows. And that's usually acid or some crazy shit mixed together. A little tiny bit of mushies, you won't even hallucinate. Dude, that's like you ever terrible. heard of microdosing? Yeah, I've heard of microdosing, but at the same time, what I'm talking about is somewhere between microdosing and like actually tripping, tripping. Like you can do just a tiny little bit of mushies, and just like your thoughts are just a little bit deeper. You'll be you'll be a little bit more empathetic. But dude, um, you can get that on a meditation basis mm, without it. It takes time. I understand maybe, that. Maybe it's I, like I do believe that is possible because I've heard. Yeah. It's the joke that Joe Rogan does. He's just like. I've heard possibly. Yeah. I don't have time for that kind of shit. Yeah. Well, I got 16 hours to sit there and meditate and get that deep. Give give me some mushies. I got four. I got four hours. I do. And I don't even have that kind of time anymore. Now that now I'm like, dude, I got to get on this DMT shit because DMT is like an eight hour mushroom trip, but in 20 minutes. So I can be in and out and get a get like get on with my day. That's the level I'm on now. I don't even have fucking four hours doing mushrooms anymore, let alone 16 to meditate. Who the fuck has that kind of time? I, I do <sighs> because dude, like the time is not the problem. It's the meditation. It's the calming of your mind. The questions that you just like, you're I got too much shit to do. I understand that. That's okay. I got a fucking lawn to mow, but I got a fucking me, house to remodel. I got podcasts to do. I got scheduling to do. Yeah. I got trips to plan. I got music to write. Okay. Who the fuck has 16 hours to meditate. And uh, again, I got four. Give me it, some mushies. Let's go deep, bro. And that's and, I, and here's the beautiful part. Here's the beautiful but not part. Not for me. <laughs> I could instead of when you want to go deep meditating, maybe you can do some shit in two hours. Maybe you can do some different shit in six. But you usually have to extend the time you're meditating in order to get to those places. Right? Here's my point. It's always a four hour mushroom trip, but if I just take twice as many mushies, I'll see way more shit. And I'll be like Hanging out with with God and shit, and uh, this sounds. And terrible. if you really if you really want to get spiritual, almost all of those texts in ancient religions that talk about meditating, including ancient Judaism, yeah, almost all of them were on mushroom tea, bro. Like uh, no. all of them were tripping balls. That like they the were tripping balls, line. and they were meditating. So let's take both our ideas. Let's together we'll do some mushies and we'll meditate together bro that's my challenge to you Uh, all right i will fail got it guys it's been a big (laughs) (laughs) uh for real we gotta wrap this up i got shit i gotta do tonight um where can people uh check out your music uh spotify or Spotify, YouTube page, uh, Facebook. i got your instagram link in the in the comments below so they can go follow you on instagram yeah and it's Forever in Gray, G-R-E-Y. Yep. Um, also known as Fig. Fig Newtons. I'd roll with the Fig thing. I'd I'd lean into that hard. It's actually cool. Like, no, the Fig? Yeah, just what, like... That's where the joke Fig Newton comes into play. No, I, I mean, I get that. Jesus. <laughs> For the love of God, bro. <laughs> no, uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify is where they hear the music. Uh, Facebook is where, like... 
my guitar player just <laughs> recorded a Doc video. says the burning bush is not a metaphor. Yeah, I don't think it is either, bro. I just think he was tripping balls. <laughs> That's what I think. The new stuff, of hopefully uh, we can get on that sucker tight and then do the dry run, if you want to call it that, like how you said, and then go over to Will. But we, I could definitely talk with my guys more about that and then... <laughs> Um, yeah, do a pre-production and yeah. just do it for fun. You might notice something. You might mm-hmm. take something out of it. But the the re- I think the real goal, and you'd have to ask around, like why? What what is the point of a pre-production demo? Um, but my understanding is it's just simply to actually hear what your song sounds like on record, whether it sounds good or not, whether you're executing your parts right. Like guys can even fuck up parts. It doesn't matter really. You're just like, does everything actually sound the way we think it does when you listen to it back? Yeah. Um, uh, I want to give a big shout out to everybody in the chat. Huge thank you, you guys. Um, we, I seriously, we really appreciate it. We're still on the grind to a thousand subs, so please, if you haven't already, hit that big red button, subscribe. Um, make sure you guys go check out his band, Forever in Gray. Uh, like I said, the link to the Instagram is below, and then from there, I'm sure you guys can find the the Spotify, all the direct links. I assume you guys, yeah, link tree or something. I assume. Um, and then I will go back and put those actual links in this description as well. If you're listening to this on audio a few days from now, all that shit will be in this description. But if you're listening live, go do that. Um, you got any shows com- coming up you need to plug? Any shows booked? One, maybe. We're still in the process of... Okay, so no. So you guys got to go to Instagram <laughs> to follow them. So when they do book this show, you know about it. All right. Um, yeah, I already said thank you. Hit subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, and join the Patreon if you want to waste three bucks a month and help us uh, sub- subscribe and help us out. It's three bucks. Three dollars! That before this connects. Hold on. All right, I think we're still here. That was weird. Yep, we're still here. That's on a delay. Sorry about that, guys. I accidentally almost ended the podcast. Like, I actually did for a second, so <laughs> I just got to get back to the correct venue. <laughs> I told you I was going to fuck this up. Remember? Remember I said? I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. No, I was like, dude, I'm telling you, I rearranged all this. I'm going to fuck all this up because every time I try to make things better, I make it a little bit worse first. (laughs) Every single time. So yes, guys, please uh, subscribe to the Patreon. It's $3 a month on the low tier. There's higher tiers if you want. We are doing bonus content in there. I'll have another episode, a live episode. We can get into some deeper shit. Uh, I'm doing that live tomorrow. Um, Anything else you want to plug? Before we get out of here, I mean, we got the, got the YouTube page, we got the Facebook page, the Instagram. Talked about you have my personal, which is a completely different conversation for another time. But no, I think you hit it on all centers. It was, it was dope. I really appreciate you having me, but I really yeah, appreciate dude. it. Uh, I know we're not drinking booze, but thank let's God. cheers our empty pop cans. Mine's not empty. There I, still we go. Got, I still got stuff in there left. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Much love and uh, and uh, peace out. See you next week. Wait, we're not out yet. Oh, okay. God damn it. Amateur hour. See, this is why we need a fucking producer, bro.